This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everyone? Happy Friday to you all. Happy Black Friday, as it were. We got a football game this afternoon, a ton of hockey games. And the main event of this evening, the Winnipeg Jets and the Florida Panthers with some great news for the Winnipeg Jets. Bones is back. Rick Bonus, Winnipeg Jets head coach, rejoining the team. We'll get all over that news. We'll hear from Rick Bonus and Rennie. Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet and KNR is going to join us in the first hour of the program from Fort Lauderdale to uh, discuss the scene today around the club as well as set up tonight's game. We'll also talk Jets with Mike McIntyre this afternoon. See what his trip to Vegas was during that uh, F1 weekend. And, uh, of course, we'll get the hacksaw on for a little NFL notebook. Three games in the book from yesterday. One going on this afternoon with the Dolphins and Jets going at it at MetLife. And then a big slate of games on Sunday. And, of course, the marbles will be dropped. Another chance for uh, all of you to uh, win an exclusive WST hoodie. Do want to give a quick shout-out to uh, the uh, the Bozeman, uh, who won about a month ago or so, was out of town. I popped by his Thanksgiving celebration with a bunch of his uh, Cowboy fan buddies yesterday. Incredible turkey dinner spread, and uh, we got to do the presentation in, per- in uh, person. So... Your chance to be like Bozeman and all of our WST Marble Race winners coming up around 245. We'll open up qualifying for the marbles and get right into it. Um, uh, we've got lots to do, so uh, let's get right into uh, bringing Michael Remus in and discussing a big, big day in sports and huge news around the Winnipeg Jets. But before we do that, um, do want to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Cool Bet Canada just had a great lock shop getting into the weekend with our NFL Best Bets with Dustin Nielsen and JBM. You can check that at the Edmonton Sports Talk channel. Of course, our the gang of Princess Auto, great supporters of ours, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Modern Man Barbershop, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Vita Health Fresh Market will let you know this week's qualifiers for the Trevor Linden jersey giveaway and that special marble race on the 30th. Wallace and Wallace, F Apparel, big Black Friday sale this week at F. Nick and Nikki DQ, the Winnipeg Jets, and Little Brown Jug. And happy to tell you, we do have the Eventbrite link and more details on our holiday party in support of the Christmas cheer board on December 6th. So stick around for that. We'll uh, throw that in the chat. We'll send it out to everyone. You can grab your tickets for a great cause and what should be a real fun night getting everyone together in and around the holidays. All right, let's do this. Michael Remus, what's going on? How are you? Feeling great, us. I'm in a festive mood. Yeah, Black Friday, a lot of sales. We had a, a nice day of football yesterday. And yeah, we got some great news. We saw that cryptic tweet. From Darren Dreger yesterday, wondering what it could be, and it was just some foreshadowing that, yes, Rick Bonus is back behind the bench. Big news this morning. Had an emotional uh, media address after practice, and I think it's great news for the Jets and great news for Rick uh, and his family. Yeah, I mean, listen, we'll get to it right uh, right away. I've been doing the walk shop, so I haven't even heard it yet, but really looking forward to hearing, for hearing Bones. And while that is going to be, like, first things first, uh, Listen, it's just great to know that Rick is in a position 
um, that his wife Judy's apparently improved enough that Rick has been able to join the team. And apparently they had been down in the Boca area for the last 10 days or so. Um, and a perfect time, just in time to uh, get together with Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers to get Bones back on the bench. And you hope that gives a big, big boost to the team. Um, but a team that has already been playing at a very, very high level throughout Rick Bonus's absence. You know, we were crunching some numbers today, Reem. Um, nine, two, and two with Scott Arneal behind the bench this year. And when you think back to the start of last season, where Rick missed the first four games with COVID, came back for one and a loss to the Leafs, then the team went back out on the road. Although they didn't play great in those next four games, they did come back with three wins of four games. Um, so Scott Arneal's coaching record as an interim coach with the Winnipeg Jets, 14-4-3, and three, I guess. Um, you know, before we kind of dive into where the team goes from here, uh, I think we should all do a, a moment of appreciation for Scott Arneal and the rest of the coaching staff and the team holding it down while Rick took care of more important matters with his wife, Judy. Yeah, I mean, Scott Arneal stepped in and uh, they hadn't really missed a beat. They've they've performed uh, like amazing. So uh, well done to them and uh, nice to have another body in there. And Rick Bonus did say he has, wa but watching every game, talking to Scott Arneal every day, so the communication has Certainly been there among the coaching staff, but uh, you know, sure it was uh, tough circumstances. But look, he had experienced uh, last year, and you know, has experience as a head coach before. So, uh, well done on the Jets coaching staff as they're now what third in the Central here, the day after U.S. Thanksgiving. Tied for second, aren't we? At, oh, sorry, twenty-two, twenty-two yeah, yeah. at the Avalanche. Yeah, We're in Minnesota to take on the Wild today. Two points back of the Dallas Stars. We've got the Calgary Flames tonight. And, of course, the Winnipeg Jets just two-point back to Dallas uh, in to take on the Florida Panthers tonight. And, listen, just I, I want to mention this before we get to the Bones clips about Arneal. And I know it has been a common narrative around the team that when Scott joined the club that he was going to be the next guy in that, you know, he was a true North guy, had worked here before, and, you know, there's all those narratives. And listen, there is some truth to that. I mean, I obviously want to get quality people that they know well and have confidence in, and I think that was a big reason why he came back as the associate coach. And we all know Rick Bonus's age and the amount of time that he's been in the game, and he signed a two-year contract, and it was relatively uncertain as to how long he'd be coaching. Um, but I don't think that there is any argument that Scott Arneal, for those that maybe were skeptical of, you know, Arnie as a head coach, of what he could do, uh, there was absolutely no substitute teacher syndrome with this hockey club this year with him on the bench. You could argue that this team has continued to move forward, build on what they've done well, improve in some other areas. And to be honest, the standings speak for themselves. So while that's a conversation really for another day, um, if that was the plan for the Winnipeg Jets, I think they're probably a lot closer to knowing who the, if, if you want to talk about a head coach in waiting, Scott O'Neill certainly looked the part while he's been on the bench, especially over the course of the last month or so. 100%. He's handled, uh, you know, the press conferences. He's handled uh, the room. Uh, the Jets, what, 11-5-2 record, plus 10 goal differential. They're on a four-game win streak. Going, going great here. Uh, under Scott Arneal, so yes, full full credit to them. You, know, you mentioned uh, Bones' age, Huss, and 
Like I know what you, you know, what he's only sixty-eight. I mean, Dolly Parton, she's seventy-seven, us, and we saw what she did yesterday. So I think Rick Bonus, I think he's got a lot more years uh, than we think. Uh, what he signed the two-year deal, um, and and he's here, and so we'll see. I guess what happens at the end of the year. But I did want to, you know, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about today because there was no game yesterday, and did have to bring up Dolly Parton. You had some at, Dolly Parton takes from yesterday's halftime show. What did you think? Killed it. Legend. Uh, it was incredible. The Dallas Cowboys uh, cheerleader uniform. Everyone would Google. It was, you know, it's 77 years old. I mean, I think she had some trouble with the heels as she was holding on to that star um, for, for balance, but yeah, I was rocking along at home. Dolly, it was great. Dolly is a legend. I heard them talking about Dolly. And I, I, to be honest, I thought people were joking. Like I had no idea that she'd be doing it but listen she's the queen man she uh she killed it yesterday as did the cowboys in that second half an absolute smashing of the washington commanders huge game for uh, our buddy connor's 49ers last night they look very much a super bowl contender right now after beating the heck out of the uh, the uh, seattle seahawks and not a great turkey day for the lions again as they lose at home as a pretty big favorite for a change against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, just on the NFL, Dolphins and Jets coming up in about an hour. We'll kind of keep an eye on that game. Uh, but we'll talk NFL towards the end of the show before Marbles with our man Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. So while Scott Arneal deserves a ton of credit as well as everybody involved with the Winnipeg Jets and holding down the fort, um, we got the good news this morning that Bones is back and, uh, and you know what, Remus, I'm going to do this right now before we even hear from Bones. Shout out to the Danimal who got me this last week. But with Bones back, I think it's time to throw this on. <laughs> the Bones chain. The, the Bones chain, which was made by Danimal and given to me, I believe, at the playoffs last year. So we'll throw this on. Welcome back to the boss of the bench for the Winnipeg Jets. Glad to hear everything's going well. And uh, now that the chain is on for Rick Bonus as Bones is back, let's hear from Rick Bonus. Um, and first things first, I think what everyone wanted to know, um, an update on his wife, Judy, who uh, had that seizure and uh, Rick was uh, taking care of more important things back at home over the course of the last month. Here's Bones on his wife. Judy is uh, doing about as well as we could expect. Um, the meds that they, they have her on, we knew it was going to take a while for them to take full effect. Uh, they told us originally it was like two to three weeks. Well, now it's almost five, so I'm a little more comfortable leaving her alone uh, for a couple hours to come to a practice. We've taken steps with our kids that uh, when I'm on the road that she will spend nights with them. So she will never spend another night alone. I mean, it's a good thing I was home that night because we had been in Edmonton the two nights prior to that. So, uh, uh, so fortunately, my kids work in the league. <laughs> Christmas in Nashville, Ryan's in Ottawa. My daughter-in-law works for the Avalanche in, in Denver. So when I go, when I travel, she's going to be joining them. So she will not spend alone. But she's getting stronger every day, and uh, yeah, about as good as we could expect at this point. But I wouldn't be here if I wasn't comfortable leaving her for a couple of hours. Great news. I mean, how, how challenging was that to go through for you and her? Well, to get... as you go through life, there's always uh, life-changing moments, and that was certainly a life-changing moment for us. Wow, that is, um, you know, some powerful stuff from Rick. Um, and you know, 
I, I think we've all known, even if we uh, you know haven't had personal interactions with Rick, the sort of man that he is. Um, it goes to say what everyone has to say about Rick Bonus um, speaks about him. But um, you could understand, you know, with the time that it took for Rick to come back, that this was a real uh, a real serious situation. So um, you know, great to see they've got support of the family. They'll figure that out, and uh, a very busy family, all with tentacles throughout the National Hockey League, being a hockey lifer as Rick is, along with his children. Um, but that is just great to know about Judy Bonus that um, she's in a good enough spot that Rick can go uh, and, um, you know, do what he loves to do, and that's coach this hockey team who's playing really well. Here's a little bit more of Bones. And we talked about the great job that Scott O'Neill did holding down the fort. Um, here's Bones on now. How much did he uh, stay in contact with Arnie throughout this uh, period while he was away from the team? We talk every day. Uh, I was watching the games and sending my clips in and sending my opinion in. So absolutely, uh, they, they, listen, our coaches did a fantastic job. They really did. They kept this team very, very well prepared. Uh, you know, everything that we put into place during training camp, they were staying on top of those details. So Scott and Marty and Brad and the James and Matt and, and Flats, they've done a fantastic job, as have our players. This is not an easy thing for them as well. So I give our players an awful lot of credit for staying dialed in and focused and playing as well as they have. But most importantly, it's Chipper and Chevy. They allowed me to take the time uh, to be with Judy. and. Uh, we wouldn't have made it without their support, the love, and the, yeah. How would you describe the joy you felt? I know we saw a snippet of the hugs given. Like Just walking into that room, what was that like emotionally for you? Well, it was emotion, but, you know, I was in Winnipeg a couple of weeks ago, and I and I met with the players, and just to give them an update. Um, you know, I, I hold myself to the same standards that I hold them, and you have to be all in. You can't have one foot out the door. At that point, a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't give them all of me. Judy needed me, so... Uh, so anyways, that's why I kind of stayed away a little longer than I thought. That's life. All right, there is an, uh, you know, obviously an emotional Rick Monas, um, you know, speaking about what he's been, uh, he and his wife have been through and um, how that's worked with the hockey club. Um, we've got some more bones, which we'll play for you more in terms of this game um, before Mike jumps on, but there's just one more, and this is just another health update about um, you know where they've been lately, and obviously meeting the team before this game tonight in Florida. I have a home here in Boca. Oh, Boca! So we've been down here for the last ten days. It's better for her to relax in the sun. No. no and doubt. listen, the other thing is, we're, we're get, she's getting fantastic care. Our medical staff, staff in Winnipeg did an awesome job with her, and the doctors down here have been wonderful as well. So we're very fortunate to have the health care that we have. She'll come back to Winnipeg with the M2 record? Yes. So she's actually going to fly with the team a couple of times, and the players are going to have to have a little understanding on that one to see your wife on the plane. She'll fly, um, and then when we fly to Denver, actually, she'll be on that flight, and then she'll stay in Denver with my son, Ricky. You know, it's, uh, you know it, 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 it should be said, um, you know, the Jets organization got a ton of credit with the way they handled the aftermath of the Adam Johnson tragedy and um, from the sounds of it, another example of the way that this organization takes care of their own. And, um, you know, we hear a lot and, and we, as I said, we've heard a lot about, you know, close knit groups and being like a family. It really does sort of seem like that. And um, listen, it was just great to see Bones back. 
bring the chain out for the big guy and um, most importantly that um, Judy's on the road to recovery and now in a position where Rick can resume his duties as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. All right. Um, a, a big thank you. We've had Kenny's water bottle and uh, T. Will yesterday. We just continue adding to the amazing Movember total we've got for the WST team uh, helping support men's health this month. Appreciate everyone that has participated, all the fellas. We'll have to do another update now that we're getting towards the end of the month, and uh, we will have a mustache update before marbles for the guys. So thank you again, and uh, the amazing donations. This has been this has just been great. Um, if you are able to and you haven't already, gang, there's a QR code right there. If you're watching with us on YouTube, there's a link in the description there. If you're listening on the podcast, there's a link at winnipegsportstalk.com. Um, and a great way to help a, a very, very important cause at this month for a show that is, well, we've got a lot of wonderful female viewers and listeners. Um, certainly, we would skew heavily male. Um, so we wanted to do our part to, um, to to support this, and we've been doing it in conjunction with our great sponsors over at Modern Man Barbershops, who have a lot going on for November and for Black Friday right now. Um, great deals at all of the eight Modern Man locations with 25% off all hair care and grooming products. And, of course, you can also get looking great for the holidays with uh, haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Easiest way to do it is uh, book your look and make an appointment online at modernmanbarber.com. And make sure to give them a follow on Instagram at modernmanbarbershop. But, guys, if uh, you're in the market for that, take advantage of the great deals right now for Black Friday over at Modern Man Barbershop. Uh, Big thanks to our gang at Aquatech. Now, it's getting chilly. I'm seeing the river freeze right now, so we're not quite in pool season, but uh, we know Aquatech are the pool experts in town, and if you're thinking about maybe taking the plunge with an in-ground or above-ground pool next year, start working on that right now with Aquatech, but their focus right now is on whole home renovations because home renos start with Aquatech. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, just in time for Super Bowl, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. And I got to tell you, that home sauna on the screen right there looks pretty damn good considering where the temperatures are trending right now. Um, The guys at Manitoba Battery are ready for a a deep freeze at some point this year. But are you? Um, Folks, the one thing that you are not going to want to include in your winter is being stuck on the side of the road because your battery's out. Or calling a friend you need a ride to work because your car won't start. The best way to be ready for winter is to get down to Manitoba Battery and make sure your battery is ready to go. Free battery testing. Just pop in and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. But if you do need a battery for your car or your truck, shop local, get the best price in town, beating the pants off the big box stores, and uh, get the best service because they'll deliver it to you. It really is that easy. They'll do it for free as well. Uh, Go to manitobabattery.com. Everything, the incredible selection of batteries at the best prices in town are there for you. You can order online. You can give them a call at 204-783-8787. And, of course, you can also pop down and see them on Logan Avenue at 1026, but free delivery for any purchase over 60 bucks within the perimeter of Winnipeg. It is just that easy. Get ready for winter with Manitoba Battery. And just before we bring in Rennie, a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 
We were hoping we'd probably be popping a little more CC after the game on Sunday, but what a season it was. Um, and I can tell you, the supplies of Canadian Club for all those sold-out games, I think, were tested quite a bit at IG Field. But the holidays are here. You're going to be entertaining. You're going to be enjoying some great nights with friends and family. Make sure you're stocked up with Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey and the official spirit of Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Bombers Canadian Club. Grab it at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And don't forget, pre-mixed CC and ginger ale cocktails are available in cans as well at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts this holiday season. And always remember to enjoy responsibly. All right, let's get the Ren Dog in here. And, you know, I, I actually thought that we'd be talking to Sean from Fort Lauderdale. I thought he might be able to squeeze another day or two, but uh, you look good down there in Tampa. Man, what a game you saw a couple nights ago. What's going on? Great to have you back on the show. Oh, great to be here. Made the trip back yesterday. It's uh, I'm not like that Ken guy. I don't get to lie around in the sun and do a little bit of work here, a little bit of work there. Uh, I got to grind when I'm on those trips, and grind I did on that broadcast. Great game. Um, you know, I build it before that is one of those games that, I mean, I guess you call it a measuring stick game, but the one thing that struck me before we went into that game is the way that John Cooper was talking about the Winnipeg Jets. You could tell this is a team that the other good teams in the league are starting to take notice of. Uh, the comparison of the Winnipeg Jets as being a team akin to the Boston Bruins. Uh, that is high, high praise indeed uh, that uh, John Cooper was making about that Jets team. And I thought that they just entirely followed up on it in that game, right? Like that Tampa Bay Lightning team, I know there's a lot of people who think, you know, when you've had the sustained success that they have, you're wondering if it's now time for the drop. But what they've done with Andre Vasilevsky out of the lineup, says to me that they are still a very good team in this league. What they've done is a team that has entirely changed over their schematic defensive play, which cost them a goal in that game against the Winnipeg Jets, but that they're trying to learn that. Steve Stamkos is always a great guy to talk to because he's bluntly honest and said that the team has really struggled changing that over so far. How many teams in the league would like to look like the Tampa Bay Lightning as they struggle to figure out a new system uh, and still are sitting there as dangerous as they are. Those were two teams I thought, I mean, that game's a perfect draw for me when it comes to like really adding teams up. Overtime wins mean absolutely nothing for me. It would have been neat to see that game go into playoff style, five on five overtimes until we saw a winner come out of it. Because boy, oh boy, that was a great heavyweight fight where each team was throwing bombs. Each team was taking them on the chin and just kept going. That was fun, fun hockey to watch. It was like... I mean, toe-to-toe, back and forth. Like, I had said on our Why Not Question of the Day for Not Autocorp at Waverly McGillivray the other day, uh, Ren, or I guess yesterday's show. Like, that was just from a fan standpoint, just sitting down with a bunch of friends watching the game. I was as an exciting game as I can remember. I mean, there was great goaltending. There was tons of scoring chances. And, like, you were in the building. I don't know if this was me. Like, I seem to remember, like, at least two stretches where it was just back and forth with no whistles for the better part of five or six yeah. minutes. I mean, yeah. it was phenomenal hockey. It's funny that uh, at the end of the game, I walked with uh, Scott Butter Carruthers, who was the producer on that game. We were walking back to the hotel, and there are certain things that got to get done in a broadcast. A lot of them are advertisements. We'll get it in the podcast game that you're trying to get in by a specific time. 
And I think it was it was for sure the last five minutes, but it was close. Like there weren't really much in the way of whistles in the last eight minutes of that game. Like those two teams just got out there and they weren't letting the other rest. They're not icing the puck. They're not giving those opportunities. Like I'll tell you this. You want to see a game in which I think the Jets are going to inexorably take over the game. We saw it earlier this year against teams like the St. Louis Blues, the Arizona Coyotes. I believe we saw it against the Nashville Predators. When those two teams start, sorry, excuse me, when that team starts taking a lot of icings against the Jets, what it means is the Jets are losing the field or the Jets are dominating the field position battle in that game, right? They're starting to cram it down their throats. And to me, that's just a sign that. That, that team's about to break, right? You're going to start catching them. You're going to catch them tired in their zone. They just can't handle the forecheck. That's not happening. There's not a lot of whistles in that game because Tampa Bay is very capable at handling what the Jets are throwing at them, passing it out of their zone, getting it down the other way, taking it the other way, and the Jets are very capable of doing the same thing. So to your point, it just it felt like a track meet, and it felt like it kept going because we saw a ton of skill. We saw two really fast teams. We saw good goaltenders kicking it out and good defenses gobbling up those pucks and heading, heading it the other way. To me, this is another one of those games where, and I said this about the Dallas game a little while ago, I thought the Jets played Dallas thought Dallas was the better team in that game, but I thought that was a real learning opportunity. The coaches said as much afterwards for the Jets to take a look and be like, okay, we just can't steamroll this team like we've been steamrolling these other teams. They're going to punch back. Now it's all about how we take that punch. I thought that Dallas was better in that game of giving punches and taking punches. The Jets gave their punches in that game. I just didn't think they took them as well. I think that that game that we saw against the Tampa Bay Lightning is a great example of a Jets team that has shown growth because I thought they took the punches really, really well in that game. And no better example than just being dominated right before Tampa Bay ties that score up at two. And then they flip the script and start coming back at them instantaneously and manage to take that one to overtime and keep it a scoreless game after that. That's great hockey. That's the kind of hockey that helps you win in the playoffs. Uh, And that's the kind of hockey the Winnipeg Jets have been trending towards. You know, Ren, Remus, uh, you know, we were, just talking about the game yesterday and and as you just mentioned start of the second period for about that first eight minutes there was a massive push from a hell of a hockey team they tied the game up the shots for a period were quite lopsided in Tampa's favor and in previous years we think back to a couple of those games against Colorado where the Jets went up early and went and then just got well basically covered in an avalanche very different scenario they found their they found their way again and that second half of the game really really did um you know go toe to toe and hold their own against the lightning well, to me, the, the old Jets would have done one or two things. One, they would have been buried in the avalanche, like you'd said. And I think a great example, people will remember this game. I think it happened two years ago where they took on the avalanche. The year the avalanche won, it was earlier in the season. I think it ends up being, the score ends up being, I think it's they scored eight goals on them or something like that at some point and just absolutely overwhelmed them in that game. Uh, or it would have been one of those games where the Winnipeg Jets go out and they just get caved in, caved in, caved in, and all of a sudden a puck 
pops loose and they chip it down the ice and they go down and they score an opportunistic goal. And now all of a sudden, instead of being up 2-1, they're up 3-1. And then they add an empty netter and they walk out, you know, patting themselves on the back saying, look at us, you know, stay in the fight was always the thing. Stay in the fight and all that kind of stuff. That that's not a winning formula. So what, what we see instead from the Winnipeg Jets now is a realization that those guys have us on our heels. Let's just not look for a chipping it behind their defenseman and getting like a quick opportunistic goal and giving up 44 shots and getting 18 shots. And yet we somehow managed, managed to win 4-1. The, the, the New York Rangers game last year is another great example of that when they're down in New York and they win 4-1. Connor Hellebuck stops 50 shots or 49 shots or whatever it was on that night. The Winnipeg Jets have a realization that that's that, hey, you may get away with it this game. You don't get away with that regularly. So the real answer is when a team is on top of you and punching you in the mouth and puts you down on the mat, you get up off the mat and you get up throwing an uppercut, right? And that's what this Winnipeg Jets team has done really, really well this year. And again, we saw that again in Tampa Bay. The pushback that we see from them after that game is 2-2. After, like you said, Tampa's been buzzing and had come close to a couple more goals. That's a time in that game where a lot of teams break. And instead of breaking, the Winnipeg Jets get a ton stronger in that moment. And uh, it leads to great hockey and a team that is really able to ride with some of the best teams in the league which to me, the hustler is the last thing this Jets team needs to kind of show going forward. They've got five regular regulation losses on the year right now. Four of them are against teams ahead of them in the standing. So uh, this is going to be an interesting one now. Again, I know that they've already already beat the uh, um, the Florida Panthers so far this year, but it was one of those games Florida was a post away from tying that one up late and really ran the Jets in the last half of that game. I'd be looking for a more complete game from the Jets. Hey, even if the Jets lost this game 3-2 or 4-3 or something like that, if the Jets go out and show that they are neck and neck with that team and the Florida Panthers slip by, I'd prefer to see that than a win like we saw from the Jets from them last time where they just absolutely could not to see it seemed to handle what what uh, Florida was doing on the last half of that game. That's what I want to see is a Jets team like against Tampa knows how to push back, knows how to take the fight to their opponent after the fight has been taken to them. Well, as you mentioned, uh, on to uh, Fort Lauderdale tonight in a big matchup against the Panthers and Paul Maurice. Um, but of course, the big story today, Sean, is the return of Rick Bonus and um, you know, we heard, you know, a very emotional Rick talking about what he had been through uh, along with, the, you know, his wife, Judy, as she recovers over the last month. Um, you know, we're going to hear more from Bones and uh, the club as we, uh, you know, go throughout the program today. Um, but, man, you know, while we're everyone very, very happy with the situation for the Bonus family and getting him back, um, tip of the cap to Scott O'Neill for the job that he did uh, holding down the fort along with the rest of the coaching staff while uh, Rick took care of job number one and that's his family. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what their record was. I think it was three games ago we looked at the record under Nine, Scott O'Neill. Yeah, so I mean at one time three three games ago it was like a, a 675 win percentage. That, that to me sounds like it's over a 700 win percentage now. That's insane. I mean, that's crazy. At a, at a time when a team, especially if you think about how 
He took over last year for a little bit at the beginning of the season when Rick Bonus doesn't have, uh, you know, he's just started out with this team. He's just trying to implement a new system. So they don't have, well, I guess they did have the system locked down because they sure looked like it at the beginning of the year, which says something about Scott or, or excuse me, Rick Bonus and the system that he put into place in training camp. But there's, tweaks to be done to the to that system and that means that scott arneal really just it's not just you're keeping the the seat warm he's having to make sure that he's making the changes on the go and the jets were succeeding in that and then this year this is another year where i felt like the coaching staff lost the jets team towards the end of the year last year and had to fight over the offseason and training camp to get them back they did that it looks like it but they pulled it off the jets are playing that way but to keep them going, and here's the one that I really like, Husser, that I that showed to me that Arneal was doing a really great job, was that game against the Buffalo Sabres was an old-school Winnipeg Jets win, meaning it was one of those wins that they pulled it out, but they maybe didn't deserve to win it. The Jets, I have always thought, win far more games like that than most other teams in the league where they get away with a bad game. The Buffalo Sabres were the better team in that game, but the Jets pull it off and win 3-2. An old Jets team would have been tempted by that to say, oh boy, we don't have to throw everything into this game. We can kind of half-ass it and walk out of it and still win games. Let's see what happens if we do it again the next game. And instead of that, Scott Arneal loudly proclaimed after that game, this wasn't what we wanted, but this is a one-off. So he acknowledges that it's not the way they should be doing business. And then he goes out and says, we are going to correct this. This will be a one-off. And that's exactly what it was. They've been playing phenomenal hockey ever since. That's Scott Arneal in the dressing room saying to his players in a moment where they won, where they could have been lax saying, don't don't rest on this one, boys. This was not the kind of game you want to rest on. Let's get back to what we need to do. And he got them back there. They've been there ever since. Phenomenal. Phenomenal job by Scott Arneal. I mean, said this. I've said this a bunch of times. Scott Arneal is a head coach in waiting for the Winnipeg Jets. And if he doesn't end up being with the Winnipeg Jets, it's going to be with someone else. Because how many teams around the league with their coaching situations would look at Scott Arneal right now and love to have him walk into their dressing room? Yeah, and I mean, I just went over this at the start of the show, but I mean, uh, Bones was out for the first four games of last season, came back for one, missed the next four games. The Jets started off 5-3-1. and one. They lost the game that he was back. Um, so 5-2-1, and one, although if you recall that road trip, that was the Hellebuck road trip where they actually weren't playing particularly well. But listen, 14 wins and four regulation losses during interim duty in back-to-back years. Um certainly did not do anything um, to hurt his chances of um, getting that opportunity at some point, whether or not he was the coach in waiting, as many people uh, believe that uh, that he is to be. Back to that Buffalo game for a minute. Um, you're right. That wasn't a game that really resembled most of these Jets wins through a great start mm. to the season. The one thing that kind of got me uh, excited as bad as the third period was, was Connor Hellebuck's performance yeah. with the game on the line. And, uh, man, he continued it. You were there in uh, in uh, Tampa. Now, um, you know, the, the save percentage is now above 900. You dig a little deeper, though, and this goes back to Jersey. And he had a crazy goal saved above expected in that game because of the amount of rebound chances that, uh, that New Jersey had, I, I believe, that, you know, kind of cranked that number up. But bottom line is, 
we talked for the first month how it's very obvious. We all know that Connor Hellebuck has another level. Um, he sort of looks to be getting to that level right now, and uh, that is a really good thing for a team that has already been doing many of the other things you need to win consistently in the NHL. Well, he had a really good uh, um, press conference a little while back or a scrum. Uh, Scott Billick from The Sun was asking a bunch of the questions. And, and what we kind of learned from him was that this new system that the Jets play, and this is the, this is the belief of of him, uh, that, that this new system that the Jets play, it's great, highly offensive. Uh, they really press the other team. It means he's not facing near as many shots as he used to face. But what he has found so far is that when there is a breakdown in that system, it typically leads, in his mind, to really high danger chances. Now, one of the things that kind of backs that up, uh, for a while, the Jets were hovering around the top three in the league at teams allowing breakaways. You think back to a St. Louis Blues game where Jordan Cairo had to, if you think of this Buffalo Sabres t- um, uh, game, there were three incidents in that game uh, where where you know, Sabres players, it, it was them and uh, them and Connor Hellebuck. I don't know if they would have classified all of them as complete full-on breakaways. I know that there's a distinct thing. I think you have to be alone starting at the blue line for them to classify it like that. But long story short, there was a player, there was no one in between the player with the scoring chance and Connor Hellebuck. Um, the thing about that, uh, we crunched the numbers heading into that last game. The Jets had allowed 10 breakaways on the season um, heading into that Tampa Bay game. They got another one with Brandon Hagel in that game. Going into that game, Connor Hellebuck had only allowed one, only allowed one breakaway goal. So the Jets were sitting ninth, I think it was, in the league in breakaways allowed for the most breakaways allowed. But they were fifth, uh, the fifth best team in the league when it came to allowing um, uh, breakaway goals, which means there were four other teams in the league that haven't been scored on on the breakaway yet. Um, his assertion that the the idea that what's been getting through to him is a different kind of scoring opportunity than he's faced in years past is what he explains why he's had a little bit of trouble out of the gate because the kind of scoring opportunities that the team is getting is not the typical scoring opportunities that he's faced in the past. Now, this is one of these things, and I, I, geez, I feel like I'm just getting pulled further and further down a rabbit hole here. But the analytics community and how they gather evidence on on uh, um, high danger chances and all these kind of things, you know, basically what the numbers tell us is the closer you are to the net, the better the scoring chance, right? The thing about Connor Hellebuck is he belies that because he's big and boring. He likes facing shots in tight, especially if they're the kind of shots where players don't have all the time in the world. And what the Jets, he has told me in the past, have been good at in years, is a lot of times guys will get the puck and it will be right in front of him. But as long as he knows that guy can't pass it back door and deke to go back door around him, he feels he's going to stop those shots. Um, so those are the kind of high danger chances he faced in years past. I've talked with Jets defenders before. They have an understanding that their job is to make sure that there's not a lot of room for those guys. And the belief is just, yeah, we may give up a lot of high danger opportunities, but they're the kind that Connor Hellebuck is comfortable with and that he's likely to stop. And the numbers bear that out, right? 
it seems to me what he's facing a little bit more this year are like those free shots, like slot shots or shots near the dot or something like that. I think Wyatt Johnson uh, scores a shorthanded goal. That is, he's just coming off the boards and has a shot like that. Those, I think, are the ones that Connor Hillbuck is a little bit less used to and the kind that he feels have burnt him this year. For him, it was just a matter of getting used to this system. So the more Connor Hellebuck gets used to the system that they play and the kind of opportunities, scoring opportunities that the Jets are going to allow, if he can zero in on those and find a way to be better at those, and it sure looks like that's what he's doing, then we're adding an element to this Jets team that is already fairly dominant without what could be the most dominant part of their game, which just really, if the rest of the league isn't sitting up and taking notice about how dangerous this Jets team could be, they should be. Uh, Randy, another nice development. Gabriel Velarde is out of the yellow jersey. This has been something we've talked about for a while. Now, I wouldn't expect him to play tonight. I think they've been pretty clear that the earliest that we would see Gabriel Velarde would be the game in Nashville. But this has been a fun conversation to have because of the quote-unquote problem the Jets have is yes. that, you know, these other lines are rolling. Uh, weigh in on your take. Uh, how do you think things start? Uh, assuming if he's back in the lineup on Sunday, where does he go and uh, who makes room for Gabriel Velarde in uh, the spot that he goes to in your mind? So this is, I think the who, where do they make room is the easy part of it. How they configure it is the tricky part of it. Vladislav Nemestikov, I would assume, comes out and goes down to the fourth line. It's essentially what you signed him for. He knows that's his role. He's always played that role. Started the year on the fourth line, right? Came up. Now, boy, oh boy, how lucky are the Jets to have a guy who is as good as he is? He was on the ice when, I mean, talk. Uh, you want to talk about the coaching staff. In the Maurice era, and I know Nemestikov is not, not there with him, but would Vladislav Nemestikov, Neil Pionk, and Adam Lowry have made made it out on the ice in overtime in the Paul Maurice era. That's something else you got to give uh, the credit to this coaching staff for is the way that they make sure that everyone feels involved in these wins. But Vladislav Nemesnikov came and I think his presence is what kind of balanced, settled and got that second line going. We don't have the conversations about Cole Perfetti and getting him going that we did at the beginning of the year. We're not having the conversations about Nick Ehlers and trying to get him going. And I think that Vladislav Nemesikov owns a huge, huge, massive part of that. But the one thing about Vladislav Nemesikov is if you sent Cole Perfetti down to the fourth line, you know that that's something that's going to affect him. And there's going to be a big conversation about it. And we're going to be asking about it in the media. And the same thing would happen with Nick Ehlers. If Nick Ehlers got banished to the fourth line, there would be immediate trade rumors crossing the league about something like that happening. Vladislav Nemesnikov will go down there and barely anyone will say boo about it. And the magic of Vladi Nemesnikov is exactly that, that people wouldn't kick up a fuss And part of that is he won't kick up a fuss and he takes those assignments so well. Vladislav Nemesikov has, if he wanted to, has earned the right to be extremely upset that he would get sent down to the fourth line. But he wouldn't do that because he just continues every stop he makes. He goes in and does what's asked of him and whatever his coaches tell him is best for the team. Uh, I think that's what will happen. And you'll see Gabe Velarde go to the second line. Um, Interesting part is, does Cole Perfetti go back to center or do they try and... My guess is they're going to do, because we've talked about Velarde and I know they prefer him on the wing. I know eventually the Jets see Cole Perfetti as a center. I know Cole Perfetti 
right now thinks of himself as a center. But I also know in talking to the coaching staff that they did think that he needed to be taken away from those center ice duties at the beginning of the year in order to get going. And I think that they want to be cautious in bringing him back. So I'm wondering if what we'll see is maybe a little bit of a hybrid Velarde cole Perfetti center thing. I've already been told this. This is basically the way it is on all lines. The center ice position does not exist in the offensive zone for the Winnipeg Jets, they're all just freelancing and creating offense. So it doesn't matter there. Where it does matter is on face-offs. And right now on that second line, Cole Perfetti and Vladislav Nemestikov have kind of been sharing those duties more and more as the days go on. So basically, we're already seeing a hybrid situation. In name, Cole Perfetti isn't playing second line center ice, but in actual carrying out the duties, he's been playing a hybrid. And I'm thinking we may see a hybrid of Gabe Velarde uh, and Cole Perfetti at center ice on that second line. You know, I, I, I mean, just, you know, we sang the praises of Scott O'Neill, um, as well as, you know, Lauer and Marty. I mean, the entire weight Flaherty, of course, the entire coaching staff while he was gone like Nemestikov's on a five game point streak (laughs) and since this has happened Cole Perfetti playing with Nemestikov has points in nine of his last 10 sorry 10 of his last 11 and 12 of his last 12 of his last 14 games yeah I mean it really has clicked and listen we're going to see what happens right on. Nothing is for sure. We might can see Gabriel Velarde go back up with Shifley and Connor. That's a possibility. Yeah. But the bottom line is the way that this team is played and so many guys contributing to it, it gives Rick Bonus and Scott Arneal a hell of a lot of options moving forward. And I would think that Nemetsnikov probably, even if he's playing on that fourth line, um, the fourth line is playing more than it has been in the past. I would think there's still a spot for him on that second power play unit as well. So oh, yeah. it, it's not like he's just going to be completely forgotten and playing five minutes a night, like what might've happened in the past if you were uh, on that Jets fourth line. Well, and here's the other part about it. So right now the Winnipeg Jets have three lines going, right? And it's made them such a load to handle. Now, the one thing, and I know he's injured, I I hope I'm not beating up on a guy who's injured, but Rasmus Kapari has one point on the year so far. He is the the offense that a lot of people saw that he was going to come in and bring did not materialize. I think it's 56 straight games now for him without a goal. That fourth line has been doing its job, but they haven't really been contributing offensively for the most part. The thing about Vladi Nemesnikov is like, let's take a run through the options. If you move Alex Iafalo down there, or if you drop Gabe Velarde down there, which we pretty much know is not going to happen because the coaches say he's a top six player. If you banished Cole Perfetti there, if you banished uh, um, uh, Nikolai Ehlers there, you know, or if you, you know, dug down and pushed down a guy like Mason Appleton, which really you can't do because that third line, do not mess with that third line. From what we've seen and the point that you just made about what Vladislav Nemesnikov meant for and did for Cole Perfetti and then Nick Ehlers, probably putting Vladislav Nemesnikov on the fourth line means, A, you don't lose any of what makes that a good line. He's able to forecheck. He's able to be defensively responsible, do all those things. But Vladislav Nemeskov, out of all those players, is probably the path to making that fourth line the most offensive unit it could possibly be. So it may be a little bit of a win there in that situation. 
So, I mean, again, this is, this is one of those, I go back to this last year. I liked the, I, I think, feel like I was one of the few people that liked the Winnipeg Jets trade deadline last year. We didn't get to tell the story about, you know, like if you take a look at, in that Tampa Bay, what Tampa Bay had to get up, give up to get Trevor uh, uh, Tanner Janot. Tanner Janot. <laughs> Um, I mean, a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth rounder for a 26-year-old guy. And what the Jets had to give up, a second rounder for Nino Niederreiter. Which of those two players would you rather have? And which of those two prices would you rather pay, right? Like, quietly, Kevin Dayoff had a phenomenal trade deadline last year, brought in two players who not only came in and played well, not only were picked up for like bargain basement prices. I mean, they should have been done today. Black Friday shopping prices for <laughs> Kevin Shevel day off, but two guys, one of them who's resigned and another one who looks like he may resign have enjoyed and found a home in Winnipeg and want to stick around. Like you could not ask for better. So all the people out there who were upset last year and wanted the Winnipeg jets to go and make these grand gestures, grand gestures don't mean anything when it comes to the trade deadline. It's finding, value and finding the right fit kevin shovel dayoff pulled it off it's time to retroactively give him credit for a great 2023 trade well, listen i mean i i'm with you today i was there that day I, I thought the conversations about the jets selling the farm to go for it last year the way the team had played for the eight weeks leading into the trade deadline was complete insanity but those deals were made uh, the Nito Niederreiter deal more than the Mestikoff deal were made not just for the present, but also because this is a guy that would have been a great fit for the Winnipeg Jets, and he has been that. And the Mestikoff played so well, liked it here, they ended up re-signing him. I mean, agree yeah. with you 100%. And um, listen, they're still bearing the fruit of that. They've still got all their prospects, and thank God they didn't do that because now I think when we all agree this is a far better, deeper more consistent team that I think you can legitimately make an argument, you know, could be a contender to really make noise in the playoffs as we get to the deadline. They didn't mortgage at all last year. Would Chickren look good on the blue line? Absolutely. Um, but I'll tell you what, the, um, you know, when you look back at, you know, the way this team has gone from the 1st of March last year with those trades and those players' contributions in particular, it's a big part. I mean, we talk about Listen, this, there's five players on this team that, you know, on opening day that weren't on the team at the beginning of March. And we focus in on the big Kings trade, but Nemetsnikov and Niederreiter, huge, huge parts of that. Randy, listen, this has been awesome. Um, we're going to chop it up with Mike in a minute. Fill people in on, uh, I guess it'll be a somewhat busy weekend for you guys. A nice Saturday off, but uh, Friday night edition of KNR. Kenny will be joining you from sunny FLA and then... Uh, Music City on Sunday night. Yeah, no doubt. It, I, he may even do it from the pool. Stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, I wouldn't put it past him. You were mentioning how he was grinding on the road, probably grinding with the putter on a few greens. I wonder how many <laughs> rounds he got in over the course of the last couple of days. <laughs> he wasn't as busy as I thought that he was going to be, but... Uh, but uh, I do know uh, it's it's uh, he he knows how close the nearest golf course is wherever he is. He's got a homing beacon on that at all points. Hey, buddy, thanks for doing this. I'm looking forward to the show tonight and on Sunday. And uh, let's catch up again real soon and uh, have a great weekend. You bet. Always love being on and say hi to Mikey for me.
I certainly will. There is uh, Sean Reynolds again, KNR tonight, post game, uh, following illegal curve, right after uh, the final buzzer tonight on the uh, YouTube channels of both IC and uh, KNR. Hey, uh, while we were doing that segment, a uh, couple more donations uh, into uh, our Movember run. Thank you so much, Cam Fang, the Wild Fang himself was representing the blue and gold in Hamilton. Cam, was great to see you. Thank you very much for the donation. King Kenny as well. Thank you very much. And Norm Gradecki dropped in a donation to get us up to 3K. Our, our original goal was 2,000. We're now at 3,000. So I think the official goal is going to be to double our original goal by the end of the month to get to 4K. Thank you, everyone that's supporting the Movember movement here on WST. Um, you know what? We uh, we do have we have some qualifiers to announce actually um, for our contest with Vita Health Fresh Market. But again, if you've missed some of the last few shows, check this out, gang. This beautiful autographed Trevor Linden jersey. I'm trying to keep it in the package. Certificate of authenticity as well, and the full gamut of Prairie Naturals supplements from Vita Health and Prairie Naturals, Canada's number one men's health brand, are up for grabs. What you need to do is get on over to winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. Simply enter your name and your information. We'll be picking qualifiers throughout the uh, the next couple weeks, right up until November 30th. And then on the 30th of November, it's a Thursday, what we're going to be doing is uh, every qualifier is getting a marble and we'll run a special marble race and the winner will get this gorgeous Trevor Linden autographed jersey and the full package of Prairie Nat uh, Natural Supplements. And of course, uh, to finish off Men's Health Month. And uh, as Men's Health Month continues, um, you know that our friends at Vita Health are the place to go for the best prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries with six locations in Winnipeg and online at myvita.ca. And of course, with it being Men's Health Month, Prairie Naturals are on sale all month long, helping males address the challenges with prostate health, andropause, low libido, testosterone, stress, male energy, and performance. So get on down to Vita Health, any one of six locations. Take advantage of those great sales on Prairie Naturals this month and enter the contest at winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. We'll let you know the latest qualifiers today and maybe, just maybe, add a couple extra qualifiers if you finish second or third in the marble race today. Um, we, oh, we've got the uh, qualifiers right here. While we're doing it, I may as well let people know uh, let me just get onto our Linden jersey. Um, here we go. Today's qualifiers are Derek Schmidt, and Derek actually is part of the uh, the Movember team. So good vibes to Derek. He's got a marble in it. Theo Seegers, what's going on, Theo? We'll see you November thirtieth for the race. Sean Italiano or Atliano, Atalano, excuse me. Sean Atalano. Sean, thanks so much. And Mike Pittman. So uh, them along with Andrew, Shane, Joe, Spency, Riley, David. And as I say, we'll do that today. Second and third in today's marble race. You'll also get a marble for this great prize, which we're going to be doing on November the 30th. Um, of course, the Jets are back at home next week. 
But Black Friday sale continues over at winnipegjets.com. If you're thinking about a great Christmas gift for a Jet fan in the family, check this out. The Black Friday deal, two tickets and a Josh Morrissey bobblehead for 99 bucks. There's six games you can choose from. The deal's on now until midnight on Sunday, and make sure to pay attention to Jets socials and, and uh, dot com for a one-day deal on Cyber Monday um, that you'll want to be taking a, a look at. And, of course, next Thursday against the Oilers, the gang is back together up in Section 316 and 317. If you didn't jump on that WST pack for whatever reason, check out their Thirsty Thursday deal, and if you can, try and get a ticket in and around Section 316 or 317 and join us on Thursday for game two of our four-game pack with the WST crew. Again, all the information there at winnipegjets.com slash tickets and the deal today, jets.com slash Black Friday. Um, I do want to thank Wallace and Wallace for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk, the fencing and overhead door experts in Winnipeg since 1946. Your overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer and fall, getting you and your family to all the fun stuff. But guess what? Winter's here and winter puts much more stress on your garage door and it'll be working a lot harder in uh, these uh, cold seasons. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. So give Wallace and Wallace a call to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. And hey, just before we bring in Mike, we always like to see Mike and the fellas making their way into the press box looking good following the very strict dress code of National Hockey League press boxes. Well, guess what? If you need to look like the fellas or just need to step up your menswear game, right now we've got great deals at F Apparel for their big Black Friday sale. Probably the best deals of the entire year heading through the weekend. Suits as low as 350 bucks. Custom shirts as low as $50. Ties from 15 bucks. So many great deals to be had. Guys, get ready for the holiday season. You know you're going to need to look good and save a ton of money, not to mention gift cards. Another great option for uh, that person that might need a trip to F Apparel for the holiday season. It's all there right now. Black Friday deal. Maybe the best way to do it is to jump online, go to F, that's EPHapparel.com, make an appointment to come in and shop the sale or pop down today or on the weekend to F Apparel at 190 Smith Street. All right, let's uh, get Mike McIntyre uh, into the program as we continue the uh, for Mike, how was uh, how was your Vegas trip? Uh, I, I saw a few pick. Tell us about the Sphere, uh, the F one weekend. Just before we get to the latest on the Jets, yeah, it was. Uh, we've been to Vegas a lot, my wife and I. This was a bit of a different trip uh, because Vegas was quite different uh, in terms of what it looked like and felt like. Uh, we we actually got in on Saturday evening, just a few hours before the race. We, we kind of avoided the strip on Saturday night just because there was going to be uh, a lot of chaos. Well, I ended up watching the race, actually, uh, on TV. And, I mean, Vegas looked great. And by all accounts, uh, the race itself was exciting. Uh, and it was wild, Hus, to see, like, all this infrastructure that they had spent weeks, if not months, setting up. Like, starting Sunday morning, they were in teardown mode and by the time we left yesterday morning, uh, so now that's five days after the race, um, 
there there weren't a ton of signs left to indicate that this big Formula One race had happened. Most of the seating, the grandstands, the lighting, the barricades, they were down, at least on the strip. So they were working fast to try and get Vegas back to, uh, to normal condition. I will say this, the traffic was a nightmare. Um, unless you were driving a Formula One race car, you were not moving anywhere with any speed in Vegas over the last few days. Kind of the residuals of a lot of the road closures and whatnot uh, made it a, a bit of gridlock for sure. Uh, but as always, we, we did a lot of uh, exploring on foot. And yeah, I mean, we we kind of um, got a little bit of, of the new technology that's uh, that's being displayed right now in Vegas. So we went to the Sphere. We didn't see U2 there. That's a little too rich for my blood. They're actually on a hiatus right now. But we did see this Postcards from Earth show, which is just absolutely stunning. You're, you're sitting in front of the world's largest uh, HD screen. There's the Sphere. By the way, epic troll job. What you don't see in that video right there with the baseball is the welcome to Vegas and Oakland A's logo that was uh, displayed on the sphere. Just absolutely rubbing the uh, the salt in the wound of the A's fans. Uh, we met robots, Huss. The robots are here, our, our robot overlords. And absolutely wild like these things are carrying on convert they're dancing there you can see in the video <laughs> they're they're carrying on full conversations with uh with visitors answering questions we're so screwed we are if these things become sort of self-aware we are we are absolutely screwed the the freakiest thing to me Hus, is these robots blink i i don't know what it was just seeing them blink was what really <laughs> pushed it over the edge for me um yeah we, we are screwed absolutely but yeah the show uh it, it's like if you've ever been to like an IMAX show this is like IMAX on steroids uh because it is all encompassing like the whole the whole theater shakes you smell things you feel the wind um it, it's it's just it's hard to explain but it's wild and the 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 visuals were absolutely stunning um so yeah, we went to that, and then a couple nights ago, Hus, we went to this new museum. Uh, that elephant, by the way, that elephant actually comes flying towards you in the theater, <laughs> and you're see like like you jump because it feels like the thing is about to trample you. Is it's it's insane. A um, couple nights ago, we went to this new museum. It's called the Art A R T E Museum, and this thing is is incredible as well, Hus. They it's an interactive sort of immersive display. Now, I'm not one for museums, but if every museum was like this, I would go nonstop. Um, it's basically projected uh, uh, galleries on the wall that, again, you smell, you feel, you see them, you hear them. But here's the kicker. And if Remus has this, people, are, yeah, th there you can see this guy's pretending to play in the waves. You got to pull up my drawing, uh, Huss and Remus. So there it is. Okay, so there's this exhibit. Now, before you play the video, just leave it on this picture for a second. So you sit down and you color a picture. I, I chose a zebra. And as you can see, just a tremendous work of art. Um, my mom would proudly be hanging this on the fridge, uh, you know, for five, a real Picasso, Mike. Five or six year old Michael. 
But so then you take your drawing and you you place it under a scanner and within like a minute, all of a sudden your drawing has come to life as part of an exhibit. Stampede, there, there's my colorful guy. Look at him prance. <laughs> Look at how beautiful that guy is. So proud. Oh my God. Uh, and all those other animals or other drawings that, that people have submitted. I, I thought mine was among the best of the bunch. Um, so yeah, th- this is uh, this is the future, apparently, Huss. Um, so, you know, there's the mix of old school Vegas, of course, you know, Fremont. Listen, what I need to know, Mike, yeah. is did you finance your trip by throwing a few big bets down on the Winnipeg Jets oh. because they just keep on winning? And uh, while you were gone, they kept that winning going uh, right through an incredible game against the Lightning a couple nights ago. Sure did. Well, here's where I I, I uh, put my ethics in, in full view of everybody. I don't bet on hockey. Um, but for those of you who do partake, now I cover the team, so I'm not going to, um, you know, I, I there's that, that gray area there, if you will. But if you're inclined to be betting on hockey and, and the Winnipeg Jets, they're certainly paying off in spades lately um, with the way they played, right? Like this is a team, you know, you think back, Huss, and it's interesting with Rick Bonus coming back, it kind of takes me back to game five of the year in Edmonton. The Jets are one and three. They're going into Edmonton, a team that many, including the guy you're talking to right now, picked to win the Stanley Cup. So just think back this season, not that five games is, is a whole season, but there is a very realistic possibility that the Jets were going to come out of Edmonton I think we all thought this one and four. The Oilers were supposed to be a powerhouse, and I don't care, you know, how much season is left. You lose four of your first five games, and if you do it in regulation, like you're really behind the eight ball. To the Jets' credit, and I suppose now in in hindsight, we've seen kind of seen what the Oilers are. The Jets go into Edmonton. Connor Hellebuck plays great, and they get the two points. And now they're two and three, and they're kind of back on track. Well, since then, Huss, of course, the Jets have been absolutely rolling. Uh, 10-2-2 in the last 14, 4-0 in the last four. And I think the way they're doing it is almost as impressive as what they're doing because, again, we can still find different things to say, well, this could be better, that could be better. They're missing this player. They're missing that player. The bottom line is they're getting the job done and they're doing it, you know, in a, in a very convincing fashion, a lot of these nights. And when you look at where this team is now and what's on the horizon, Gabe Velarde about to come back. Billy Hainala shouldn't be that far behind Rick bonus, of course, and the emotional boost of that. Um, there's a lot to like about this Jets team. And, you know, from Connor Hellebuck, maybe starting to look like his old self a little more lately, Nikolai Ehlers heating up. Cole Perfetti continue to be red hot. All the depth and secondary scoring this team's getting. Contributions from the blue line. The penalty kill is still a, very much a work in progress. So is the power play. But there's just a lot of signs that suggest that this isn't just a flash in the pan, you know, unsustainable streak that they're on. There's a lot to say that this is kind of who the, 
these Jets are, and and that's got to be good news. Well, and, and you know, and Remo, if you can get your get your tweet up with the eyes uh, from yesterday, because we've spent a lot of time talking about how deep the forward group is and how well everyone's been playing, even the fourth line. And we've talked about three lines really going. I mean, the fourth line has not done themselves any disservice when they've been on no. the ice as of late. And Connor Hellebuck with that huge third period against Buffalo, a brilliant game is coming back. We haven't talked a lot about the defense, although I did spend some time, you know, giving Neil Pionk some well-deserved props with the way that he's been playing this season, but especially over the last few weeks. Look at this, gang. This was incredible. Best defensive pairs by expected goals against in the National Hockey League. A minimum of 100 minutes played together. Who is number one in the league, Mike? Dylan Sandberg and Nate Schmidt. I mean, if that doesn't speak to what the team is doing overall, as well as some quiet improvements by some guys that, you know, maybe haven't gotten the attention, I'm not sure what does. Yeah, and that's that's Nate Schmidt, a.k.a. the guy that's already been healthy scratch twice this season that we kind of all thought was going to get moved last summer. There was talk about they should buy him out. Um, And, you know, I think if you canvas a lot of people, they'd say Nate Schmidt is, is the weak link right now on the blue line. And then, then you see a stat like that, that suggests actually that that overpaid weak link is part of the best defensive tandem in the league this year so far through almost the first quarter of the season. There's a lot that goes into it. Like, I mean, listen, they're third pairing minutes. I mean, I think it goes yeah. to the way they're being played, but it's yeah. not like they're being sheltered. These guys aren't playing seven, eight minutes a night. I mean, they played together 139 minutes on the ice and have given up two goals this year. Um, yeah, and, 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 and again, like it's not just them, but I think it speaks to overall the way the team is playing, but it has sort of been an under-discussed part of this because we've been focusing on the forwards and how well everything's been going, um, that a lot of the guys that had big question marks that I think were really challenged to be better are playing better. And those two guys, I think, are good examples of it. But you're right. And, and you know, you talk about not being sheltered. They're not being sheltered. The fourth line, as you mentioned, which I thought was just horrific the other night in Tampa. Um, they're not being sheltered. Again, that Scott Arneal, who, who's been running the bench, of course, like, all those guys are hitting double digits by and large in minutes. And the Jets as a team, as, as a whole, at five on five, like they're not giving up a whole lot, period. doesn't matter which defensive pair is on the ice, which forward line is on the ice. The Jets are a very stingy group at five on five. And, and again, it goes back to the, the penalty kill. Like if they, could, if they could get rid of some of those power play goals against that they've been giving up, this team would be – potentially a juggernaut because you know what we've seen at five on five and their own power play starting to heat up a bit now uh and again that's where you look at that and you say well there's enough to this team there's enough meat on the bones if you will no pun intended to rick bonus being back there's enough meat on the bones here that this is sustainable this is not just a, a fluky run they're on. And we've seen those fluky runs in the past, Huss, where you say, well, Connor Hellebuck is on an all-time heater. He's he's winning games single-handedly night in and night out. Games the Jets have no business even being in, you know, grand theft larceny. We've seen enough of that in recent seasons. Uh, and this is not to slag Connor Hellebuck, but there haven't been a lot of games this year 
very few, in fact, maybe none, in fact, that you could say, well, Connor Hellebuck is the only reason the Jets got anything out of that game. As I say, he's been a lot better lately. Um, He played a big part in the win the other night, of course, in Tampa. Uh, But the Jets have a lot of other good things going for them as well. Well, for sure. And he had another level. And listen, Reem, I knew that we'd, I knew that when we showed this up, we'd get comments like this. Brass Bonanza, you can make stats tell any story that you want. Uh, Spency, I can make an Excel spreadsheet that says Mason Appleton is the best player in the National Hockey League. I know you've got a retort for that. Yeah, I mean, look, people see that and they're like, that can't be true. Look, if you want to talk about real, actual goals, Schmidt and Sandberg as a pair have only been on the ice for two against. Yeah, they've show, they've scored, uh, you know, been on the ice for three, four, but I mean, this is, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're not allowing goals. And, you know, someone commented to me like, yeah, but they're playing sheltered minutes. Uh, like, so? Like, they're not uh, allowing goals. They're, they're put, the third they're pairing. Pick- yeah, I don't well, know why people are, like, getting so angry. You know why it is? Because it makes some of their takes look bad. Well, here's the thing to that point, yeah. Remus. I mean, if, if people are going to say, well, it's sheltered minutes, well, where's every where's every other NHL team's third pair then? Because they're also playing sheltered minutes. That's how that's how teams deploy. The fact is, regardless of the the – they've played – this is for at least 100 minutes. So this this isn't a tiny, minuscule sample size that you say, well – they're there just because they played so much less than everyone else. No, it's a comparable. It's everybody that's played at least 100 minutes, which would l- likely include almost every other team's third pair as well. And the fact is they're at the top. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, a lot of people, Nate Schmidt has become a player that I think a lot of folks want to dump on. And, look, has Nate Schmidt been at his best all season? Clearly the coaching staff has felt there's times that they could use a bit more from him. He's a guy that – no doubt they hope that there's maybe a little more offense there. I think Nate Schmidt's just at the one assist, been on that second power play unit. They also wanted to get Logan Stanley into the lineup a bit. They're going to have to make a decision here, Huss, something we haven't really touched on. Declan Chisholm's two-week conditioning assignment is about to end. What do they do with him? Does he just come back and assume that same role that he had as basically the eighth defenseman who goes weeks and weeks without playing? Or do they now try and pass him through waivers and keep him on the moose and hope that another team doesn't claim him? I'm not sure what the answer to that is, but certainly Nate Schmidt's play, and and as you just pointed out, the play of that pairing would suggest that barring an injury, um, the Jets are very likely to keep rolling the same group that they have right now. And so maybe occasionally, maybe if they want to dress 7D, they get Logan Stanley in here and there. But in terms of an eighth defenseman in Declan Chisholm, uh, there might be a wait to get back into the lineup because Nate Schmidt, I think, has responded really well to those couple healthy scratches and and elevated his game. Maybe not in the same offensive way that people want, the way that pops off the page or catches your eye. But as that, that graph shows, he and his partner, who right now is Dylan Sandberg, are very much getting the job done. Yeah, and listen, I mean, Schmidt's been doing a good job in moving the puck as well. I mean, and I know that, I mean, you know, if you can have your third pair and get the puck and get it out of your zone, I mean, that's exactly what you want to do. And with the way the Jets forwards are playing right now, I mean, that ability to transition quickly and get it to the likes of, you know, Ehlers and Connor and Perfetti and the guys that are doing their things is exactly what you want to do. So, um, listen, it's all it's all good. Uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, what this team's doing. And just speaking of, 
you know, Stanley coming in, I didn't even really think that, you know, that was like Schmidt had a terrible game. I mean, if any time it was, it was the first game of the season in Calgary where there was the icing and, you know, that ended up being a regulation loss against in a game that they absolutely owned and probably deserved it. Well, did deserve a better fate. Um, But I, I think that competition, knowing there's a Stanley and a Chisholm is probably pushing particularly Nate Schmidt, who is the sixth defenseman of six on the Winnipeg Jets, um, you know, to play at a level that, you know, he stays in the lineup and, and that is a good thing. I see a few people in chat that have come in a little late wondering what this chain is. This is the bones chain that you will see. One of our listeners, the Danimal made this up and I figured what a good day to throw the chain on to welcome bones back. Uh, a great development, Mike, we uh, heard Rick, in a pretty emotional presser, talk about what he and his wife had been through, how they're handling it going forward. Um, but he certainly seemed to be very happy to be back. Huge credit to Scott Arneal, Brad Lauer, Marty Johnson, Wade Flaherty for going 9-2-2 two two when Rick was away. But um, how do you see this um, going forward? I mean, now that you know the, uh, the boss is back and the team's been playing so well, and I'd imagine there will be an emotional boost to the team just to have the good vibes of having Rick back um, considering what he's been going through and um, you know that, that close-knit nature of the club that we're seeing kind of show itself more and more all season. Well, for sure. And, you know, you just look at the video that the Jets uh, social media team put up this morning of the hugs and and, you know, that that emotion was very evident in the Jets room this morning. Does that mean they come out and win tonight? You know, they're facing a really tough opponent who've been playing some really good hockey as well in the Florida Panthers. Um, But I do suspect that a lot of players are feeling an emotional boost. And as I kind of said off the top, there's a lot going well for the Jets these days. Um, You know, from Gabe Velarde, you know, his his return looking like it's just around the corner, perhaps as early as Sunday. And the team, the fact the team just is is putting points uh, uh, on the board, I, I think that there's a really good feeling around this group. And they've dealt with a lot of emotions this year from, you know, what happened with Rick, Obviously, the Ville Hanley injury at last game of camp when the kid was on the cusp of kind of cracking the big league roster. Obviously, the Adam Johnson tragedy and the deep connections to Neil Pionk and some other players on the team. The Jets have dealt with a lot of emotion. And I think in some ways, Haas, they've channeled that emotion in a positive way. And again, I go back to Adam Johnson and Neil Pionk and that incredible game he played right after the funeral that you know was, you know, inspired. Neil, Neil Pionk was was feeling the boost. And there, as you see, like Rick Bonus, uh, he's beloved in that room. He's well-respected around the league. And I think the players are certainly going to feel a boost. For folks who say, well, how does this potentially change the way the Jets play? Look, Rick Bonus has been kind of out of the picture. But as we heard from him today, his fingerprints are still all over this team. He's talking to Scott Arneal on a daily basis. Like the Jets didn't wrap, uh, drastically change the way they play uh, once Rick Bonus took his leave of absence. Um, so I wouldn't expect this team to suddenly start doing things or, you know, the way they deploy, you know, their lines or, or anything like that. I don't expect that to change because I think Scott Arneal was just continuing with a lot of what Rick Bonus had already put in place. Uh, that being said, there will be an emotional boost, no doubt. And if you're Rick Bonus and his family, it's got to be a good feeling knowing that 
should the need arise where maybe you feel like you want to take some more time at any point this season um, to spend with with Judy and the family, that the Jets are in extremely good hands. And we we certainly saw that, you know, over the last few weeks. And I think if anything here, Huss, there's long been a feeling that Scott Arneal is probably the next coach kind of in in waiting here. And what what transpired over these few weeks with Rick Bonus on his leave has done nothing but I think solidify that argument and certainly show that it would be a very good move for the organization. I do expect Scott O'Neill will be the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets at some point here. Well, that is in the future, though. Right now, it's uh, time to uh, continue on, um, you know, taking a run at the Dallas Stars and hanging with the Colorado Avalanche. They yep. come in tied with Colorado tonight, two points back of Dallas. And what a test tonight from a Florida Panthers team that has been very good this season since the Jets beat them on opening uh, day here in Winnipeg for game number one of the year. And on top of that, probably a little bit of an ornery team remembering the loss here in Winnipeg and, of course, going toe-to-toe with Boston, the number one team in the league two nights ago heading into uh, sunrise this evening. Uh, Give us your tale of the tape tonight and what you expect to see and, and maybe the keys for the Winnipeg Jets to continue putting up two. Well, and how about the fact, Huss, that actually if you go back to last season, the Jets beat the Panthers both times last year as well. That would make Paul Maurice 0-3 against his former club. You hate to see it. And this is his last crack until next season because they only play twice a year. you got to think that that alone, Paul Maurice doesn't want to lose the first four games over the first two seasons to the team that he coached. And look, I know Paul Maurice wishes the Jets well. He doesn't wish them that well that they continue to to beat his his new team. So I expect uh, the Panthers are going to be a little extra motivated tonight uh, as well. And it should make for a great game because you got the Jets riding an emotional high, and 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 in terms of the way their play has been, just a high overall. Here's my wild card, Hus. These Black Friday games can be like. I have no idea sometimes what to expect. You know, every team didn't skate yesterday, or for the most part, they don't skate. They 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 stuff their face, as we all do around the holidays. Remember Nate Schmidt a couple of years ago? I still laugh at his comment where he, he said that he hopes he doesn't leak gravy all over the ice uh, the day after the Thanksgiving game. We were in Minnesota for that one. and And history would show the Jets – absolutely leaked gravy uh thank all... god they're not playing minnesota today yeah. because those jet fans have nightmares of that black friday game it was an annual massacre, massacre. minnesota um, massacre absolutely. And, I'll, and i'll say this i think this is a much better spot for them to be in certainly i mean listen the team's different they're playing really well they're winning but i would imagine that for a good number of Winnipeg Jets, in particular one wearing 5-5 on the back of his jersey. Um, This is a little bit more of a game. I believe he's got five goals in the three games against the Panthers since Paul Maurice left, and he sometimes seems to have a little bit more. So, um, you know, the Jets certainly won't be looking to repeat any of the horrors of previous Black Fridays in a game against Florida this evening. Well, Paul Maurice did once say that they're going to build a statue of Mark Shifley, and it seems like every time Mark Shifley now sees Paul Maurice, he, he's he's trying to do something so that Paul Maurice gets the sculptor's tool, tools uh, at the ready 
uh, because you're right. Mark Shifley seems to really elevate his game. Um, you know, it, it, it should be a great matchup for sure. As I say, the wild card to me is with holidays, you never know, you know, how do teams come out? Um, does, does the road team have the advantage in these games, Haas? Because no doubt the team that's at home, like they've got probably a lot going on, you know, family dinners and things like that. Whereas the Jets, you know, they're kind of just together as a group. Is there less distraction? Does that matter? Um, you know, so I, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to look. Hey, how about the fact this is an eight o'clock local start in Florida? That's another weird one here, Huss. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a later puck drop. You know, they're on Eastern time right now. It's fine for us here in, in the central time zone, a regular seven o'clock start. But this is a bit of a late one uh, for the locals. And a lot of teams are playing afternoon games today on Black Friday. The Jets and Panthers are going to play a bit of a late night affair. So, yeah, what what will it look like? I don't know. you got two good hockey teams with a bit of history between them. Uh, they always seem to have entertaining games. There's never a shortage of goals, it seems. They combined for 10 on, on that season opener, uh, a home opener a few weeks back. Uh, so if I had to bet, uh, I'd say, you know, high scoring, exciting affair. Uh, and maybe 60 minutes won't be enough to settle it. Let's let's get some overtime uh, just to, to really cap off uh, an exciting night here. Right on, Mike. Well, listen, you have a great weekend. Enjoy this one tonight, and uh, we'll catch up next week. Glad you had a great time down in LV. Uh, enjoy this one. You bet, Huss. Thanks. Have a great weekend. There's Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Yeah, I think the reason why that game is at 8 o'clock tonight is because the Miami Dolphins are playing the first ever NFL Black Friday game right now. I think the Jets just had a big goal line stand. And uh, it's still 0-0 now, five minutes remaining in the first quarter. We'll keep an eye on that one throughout the afternoon. bunch of NHL games as well. We'll take a look at the scoreboard in a minute after we hit to the NFL Notebook. With Hacksaw, Marbles coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll open it up, so pay attention to the chat for when it's time to throw in exclamation mark marbles. Before we bring in Hacksaw, I want to thank Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk throughout the season. And, of course, with our bomber reports all year on WST, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Blue and Gold this year and into the future. And, of course, the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Now you can check out what they've got going on for Black Friday, either at Panit Road or Portage Avenue West. But you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Great time ahead of the holidays to check that website out today as it is Black Friday. Again, princessauto.com for all of your online shopping. Well, you want great Black Friday deals and the best in sports merchandise for your favorite teams from around the world, you know where to go. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Um, you know, the guys at Royal know what a sale is all about. We've been enjoying those tent sales all year long. Um, but today it's Black Friday, one of the biggest shopping days of the year. And today and through the weekend, Royal Sports has some great deals. So get on down there and take care of all that Christmas shopping well in advance of December. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise. I believe today, if you do want to get customized jerseys in time for Christmas, um, we've got a deadline, which is today. So get down there and make sure you 
Select your favorite Jets player with the new name and number on the jersey of your choice. Royal does it better than anybody else in town. Bomber merchandise, Major League Baseball, tons of NFL, and of course the best hockey selection in town. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, Black Friday sale on right now. Get down there and make sure to follow them on Insta as well at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops, sale information, and great holiday gift ideas. And uh, I think I'm going to be heading over to a local Boston pizza to hook up with a bunch of my buddies tonight for a little holiday cheer and hopefully another big Jets win. No better place to watch the big game on the big screen than your local BP chowing down on those world-famous BP wings, delicious gourmet pizzas, and mixing in a few ice-cold schooners as well. Puck drop tonight, 7 o'clock Winnipeg time. Get down to your local Boston pizza. And Sunday will be a great day. Full slate of NFL games heading into the Jets and Predators on Sunday night. All right, let's welcome in the Hacksaw. Weird, the first time we've spoken when we've actually had a game on right now. Lee, what's going on? What did you think of Turkey Day yesterday and those three NFL tilts? Just a lot of problems with different uh, teams at this late date in the season. Injuries have had an awful lot to do with all this, too, at the same time. But, uh, you know, if if you look at, at the outcome of the games, I was shocked that Green Bay jumped Detroit the way they did. But Detroit looks like a very fatigued football team right now. And Jared Goff is, is not playing well the last three outings at turnovers and the protection of him really different from what it was the first you know half of the of the football season. So Green and I will say this about Green Bay. I guess uh, Jordan Love has really answered the questions. There is life after Aaron Rodgers, and they've got they've got a list of wide receivers and tight ends that nobody knows about. They're all young kids. Man, those guys are playing really well. Now they're dropping balls and they run the wrong routes occasionally. But they're making a lot of plays downfield. Jordan Love has put together two really good back-to-back games. What he did to Detroit, what he did the week prior in the upset win over the Chargers. So Detroit's going to have to take a deep breath and rally and get this thing back. And maybe this mini-buy that they're having since they played on Thanksgiving Day is, is going to help them. Uh, Dallas destroyed Washington. Dak Prescott, his quarterback rating is 104 right now. He has now strung together about six really big games. And C.D. Lamb has arrived as a star wide receiver. That's pretty impressive. Now, Dallas has suffered a bunch of hits defensively in the secondary, and I'd, I'd be worried that that might catch up with them uh, just a little bit. Washington, they look like they quit. They look like they quit on Ron Rivera, and Ron Rivera today, this morning, quit on his defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, and the secondary coach fired both of them. And there's, you know, there's big concern about Eric Bieniemy, and he went there as a first-year assistant head coach, offensive coordinator. What's going to happen to him if, if they fire Rivera and they fire everybody else? And then the other one, boy, San Francisco, just they look like they're from another solar system. They stomped Seattle in the first half. Seahawks kind of rallied back, and then San Francisco retook control of the game. Hustler. If this is a San Francisco team that gets to the playoffs with this roster intact, they're going to be impossible to beat. And I'll tell you, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and what might be the NFC championship game, that's going to be a hell of a war. So uh, I, I'm with that's, you. That's where we are now. I, I'm with you on that. I mean, even though they had that weird three game losing streak in the middle of the season coming off of the bye, they have looked like the best team in the NFC, and that includes the Eagles, who are 9-1, and one, but I think we're a little fortunate to um, get out of Arrowhead on Monday 
with that with the win. I want to ask you about the Cowboys leap because the Cowboys have looked so good. And listen, you can only play the teams on your schedule. And they have absolutely massacred a ton of terrible teams this year. But when I look at their wins, they've beaten the Giants, the Jets, lost to the Cardinals, beat the Patriots, got annihilated by San Francisco, beat the Chargers, beat the Rams, lost to Philly, and then beat the Giants, the Panthers, and the Commanders. They have not beaten a team with a winning record. We hear that all the time about Miami. Dallas hasn't either, but they certainly have done it in maybe more impressive fashion. How much of a contender do you think the Cowboys are when we're talking about getting into that conversation with Philly and San Fran? Well, if they stay healthy, I mean, they're hitting on all cylinders right now, and they've been able to keep their offensive line intact and the wide receiver group has gotten better, and they've, they've found this tight end that's playing pretty well. And <clears throat> Tony Pollard is not what Zeke Elliott was at the peak of his career, but in a combination of catching the ball out of the backfield, yards after catch, and then running it occasionally. They're getting a significant contribution out of him. But that being said, you, I mean, you raise a legitimate point here, but they have to play Philadelphia and Buffalo and I think Minnesota back to back to back. So <clears throat> what has to happen down road is, is going to be a credibility check to answer your question. Are they really elite in the NFC? We're going to find out because playing the Eagles and then going to Buffalo back to back weekends, that's going to be an enormous challenge. Three nothing right now for the Dolphins. They uh, just decided to uh, take the points and not go for it again, considering the uh, very low expectations for this Jets uh, offense now with Tim Boyle replacing um, replacing Zach Wilson. Listen, before we get to the games on the weekend, you mentioned that Ron Rivera made some moves with um, part of his staff today. Give us a little bit of a tour around the league when it comes to the coaches that are in the most perilous positions right now as we uh, get into uh, week 12 in regards to their future employment. Well, we'll start in Washington because they have the new owner, Josh Harris. I can't configure why Washington a couple weeks ago traded their two defensive ends because the strength of Redskin or commander football was really that whole defensive front. And then they got rid of Chase Young, who does not look like he's come back from the knee surgery completely. And then they got rid of Montez Sweet, uh, who was a young pup that was really growing into the job. And I was just I was shocked. At the trade deadline, they flipped both those defensive ends. I'm not sure whether that was a salary cap thing driven by the new owner, Josh Harris, or was a coaching thing saying those guys just weren't getting the job done out on the edge. But they're both gone and been the same team since that point in time. I think Rivera's in big jeopardy. I think Josh Harris may go in with a clean broom uh, the last week of December and get rid of the general manager, Martin Mayhew, get rid of Rivera, get rid of the entire coaching staff. So that, that remains to be seen. I would say second on the list, uh, this would be hard to configure a future Hall of Fame coach getting fired this late into his career. But I think Belichick's in big trouble in, in New England because Robert Kraft has no patience at all for what has become a real substantial It's not been the same since Tom Brady, but it's just not Tom Brady. It's just not Mac Jones and the mess at quarterback. It's just the layout of the whole roster. I mean, Belichick has disdained free agency. He doesn't like to give big money contracts to veteran players. He does find veteran players he can plug in that buy into his system that contribute. The drafts drafts have not been anything special outside of an odd good defensive player or two. 
and their offense is just a mess right now. They don't have any playmakers. So I, my gut feel is maybe Robert Kraft gets to the end of the road with Belichick, and Belichick, the eject button on him. Is he the I next guy in Washington? We've no, heard a lot of smoke a, about that. Could be, and you know, these guys in the NFC East, they just keep changing teams, go from one team to another team to the, etc. Uh, I, I would think Belichick might look at Washington because they'd probably give him carte blanche to run the whole show. Uh, the other guy, aside from Rivera and Belichick, and I find this hard to buy, but he's been in it three years, and they just haven't improved. I'm talking about the Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley. He came with great credentials off John McVay's staff. They have a brilliant quarterback, but they're sub-500 with a brilliant quarterback. They, they can't get under the cloud of bad injuries that have just wiped them out. One year, it's the offensive line. Uh, this year, it's wide receiver. The years before, it was the defense. And they're not playing a look of defense at all. They are 31st in the league in defense, 32nd in pass defense. And I chart all this stuff because I cover this team out here. I've never seen an NFL team give up chunk plays. And I'm talking 40, 50, 70-yard plays the way the Chargers do. And I, I don't know if you're aware of the story, what happened after the Green Bay game. Brandon Staley got into a heated argument uh, with, with the media which continues to ask questions about this defense and why this defense is so bad. And you, by the way, defense was stapled to the front page of your resume. And he went off on the media and he just totally lost it. And I've been doing this a long time. And I, I'll tell you what, I get a sense when coaches start to panic and coaches think that they're going to get fired, they start to act this way. And Brandon Staley's doing, doing a lot of stuff that other coaches have crossed paths with that work for the Chargers. Oh, they just kind of lost it. At the end, I find it hard to believe, though, because I think he's a bright light and I think he's a good guy and he's got Justin Herbert, etc. They've just not been able to do the right thing in terms of player acquisitions or whatever system they're running. I've just I've never seen anything like this. So many guys running open all the time. And these are high draft picks they got on the back end defensively. And, you know, the injury thing, they can't keep Joey Bosa on the field. And they got a big salary cap problem next year on top of everything else that's going on. So I would I would tend to think Washington, New England and the L.A. Chargers probably might be the three first jobs that would open. I think Todd Bowles has got an issue in Tampa, very disappointed because he was he was handpicked uh, by Bruce Arians to be the guy, and they're not playing well. And, and they always built their rep on, on defense. They're not playing a look at defense at all, and Baker Mayfield can't carry the bloody thing by himself. So Tampa might be the fourth one that they hit an eject button on. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, Frank Reich has the potential to be one and done in Carolina. Um, a lot of talk that, you know, he and uh, the GM wanted C.J. Stroud. The owner wanted Bryce Young. We know what they did. We know how the season's gone right now. And, oh, the Bears have their number one pick, which could potentially even be first overall this year. Not a great spot. Well, hey, staying with the Chargers, let's tee up some of these big games on the weekend. They are taking on the Ravens, and it's interesting. They're three-and-a-half-point home underdogs. I think there's a lot of people that like the Chargers to maybe cover the spread in this game, probably not win, because they do have a knack for playing very, very close games against good teams, but just finding a way to lose, Lee. Uh, what do you make of uh, the Chargers' chances against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Well, the both defense has given up 64 points last two weeks, and now Joey Bose is gone for an indefinite period, if not the entire season. Uh, they're just a mess. Uh, their back seven is just terrible in terms of pass coverage. You know, how can you be a sub-500 team when you have an offense led by Justin Herbert, who set all these records in three-plus years as a starting quarterback? 
offense is averaging 354, and they can't stay in games because the defense has given up 393. So that's a big issue. And now, and now you're facing Lamar Jackson, and you're facing the four wide receivers, and you're facing the number one running attack in the league, averaging 155 on the ground. And by the way, you're facing Jackson, who's going to throw it on you, and then is going to scramble and run it on you. And if that's not enough, when Justin Herbert comes to the line of scrimmage, he's going to face the third-best defense in the league that's got 44 quarterback sacks. And on third down, they allow the opposing quarterback to convert only 30% of the third downs. This, this has kind of got blowout written all over it. And then I'm waiting to see how many people show up at SoFi Stadium wearing purple rather than outer blue because the Charger fans have kind of deserted the franchise in the midst of another non-playoff season. So, I, you know, what Baltimore has done, what Harbaugh has done, they finally, for the first time in a while, they have given that quarterback skilled people around him. He's never really had this before. Now he's got, he's got heavy-duty running backs, and he's got Odell Beckham. He's got three young wide receivers. Now there is no Mark Andrews. That's a bit of a blow losing that tight end because he does make a lot of plays for them. But they look like a complete football team right now. And the way they play, it's like the AFC version of what the San Francisco 49ers do in the NFC. They just beat the crap out of you defensively. And what they're doing offensively, they can kill you lots of different ways. So that's a long answer, Baltimore, to beat the Chargers. I wonder if they blow out the Chargers. And then I wonder what happens with the Charger coaching staff if this thing continues to cycle out of control. You know, Lee, I'm still bent about the result of that Monday nighter with uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Um, if only the Chiefs receivers could catch perfect passes from Patrick Mahomes, um, where would they be? Um, but the Chiefs get the Raiders, a team that they've tormented for years, along with the rest of the AFC West. Um, they're going into Oakland, Oakland, or sorry, Oakland, Vegas has actually looked quite a bit more competitive since Josh McDaniels has been gone. Um, thoughts on that game? And, of course, the Eagles also on a short week going up against Buffalo, who is in the meat of their schedule, a very desperate team at 6-5, and five, but coming off a, a nice get-right game last week against uh, a tough Jets defense. Well, let's, let's start with Kansas City. Uh, they're dropping a lot of passes. Young guys do that. It's just not a very trustworthy group. I thought they would have grown into more consistency by this late in the season. Pacheco's running the ball well. Holmes, Holmes is having to scramble a lot. Uh, they've turned the ball over, I think, 19 times this season, which is an awful lot for Kansas City. And Mahomes has taken a lot more sacks this year than he has any of the other years. The Raiders, Antonio Pierce has got them playing really hard. Uh, I've been pretty impressed with Max Crosby and the defense. They're playing like they're hair on fire, but they can't, they can't play four quarters of football. They can't play 60 minutes by themselves. Uh, they're 31st, I think, in the NFL on offense, and they're trying to determine, is this kid out of Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, really the right quarterback? He's, he's had a bunch of turnover games that have just killed him. So they're just not a complete football team. So I would assume Kansas City uh, beats them. In terms of Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts is doing everything. They're not running the ball consistently, but, man, between A.J. Brown and the other wide receivers and what they're throwing to the tight ends, although Godard is hurt, uh, they're pretty good offensively, and they, they still cause you a lot of problems defensively. And, and Buffalo, I mean, it's hard to believe Buffalo, with all his talent, is 6-5, and five, and all those atrocious losses, Hustler, and just too many turnovers. And Josh Allen's doing stuff now that, 
He hadn't done it in a couple of years in terms of making bad throws and bad decisions, et cetera. Of course, they fired the coordinator. So I, I'll be intrigued to see if Buffalo can rally this thing. It's, it's a terrible thing to say on the Niagara frontier, but maybe their window for the Super Bowl has kind of gone away from them. You know, they got a lot of injuries on defense. When you lose two of your starters on defense in the secondary, and then you lose Matt Milano, who made everything happen defensively at linebacker, now suddenly Buffalo is just not the same franchise, and they're giving up gobs of yards. And I don't care about the scowl on Sean McDermott's face. He's got to fix this situation. And I, this late in the season, it's awful tough. So, yeah, Buffalo-Philly, big game. And some of these other teams, I mean, they they still got big games left on their schedule. they got to pay attention to it. It's not a proven commodity that Buffalo's going to be an AFC power going into the postseason, especially with Baltimore there. Cincinnati's gone with with the Burrow injury. That's a big setback for them. And, and Kansas City's not what Kansas City was, so. I'd say right now, if you're, you and I are doing things for January, yeah, I think we're talking San Francisco, Baltimore. But injuries can change all that. Hey, Lee, before we go, well, we'll see. Don't don't count the Chiefs out just yet. At sooner or later, these guys have to catch a pass at some point. I mean, and I think they still have the inside track to the one seed when you look at their schedule the rest of the way uh, compared to what Baltimore is. But, hey, before we go, sleeper game of the week. The Jags and Texans. This used to be like the Thursday night football Super Bowl we used to laugh about. But the Texans are no joke with their rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. They pumped the Jags by 20 earlier this season in Jacksonville. And with the win this weekend, the Texans will have the inside track on the AFC South. What do you make of that matchup that I don't think is on a lot of people's radar, but I'm really looking forward to watching? Well, Jacksonville does not play sexy football. Trevor Lawrence manages the games. Etienne runs the ball, catches the ball out of the backfield. Ridley and the other young wide receiver are having pretty good seasons. And so Jacksonville can win games. And their defense, obviously, has is, is kind of been a strong point. Nobody talks about their defense. Just not a sexy team. D'Amico Ryans, please explain to me how you do this. They brought in more, more street-free agents than anybody. They had like 14 draft picks. They signed 24 undrafted guys. He's got a team of no-name players outside of the quarterback, and they are playing really well. We're talking about maybe coach of the year candidate. Uh, and C.J. Stroud, he's got a quarterback rating of 99. He's got, like, I think it's 17 or 19 touchdowns and five interceptions. He's not making a lot of mistakes. And they got a running back that Buffalo got rid of. Uh, and he's making a lot of things happen. He's had back-to-back-to-back 100-yard games. So, Houston looks like a complete football team and playing very, very well at this point in time. So I wouldn't rule anything out because C.J. Stroud has just been far and above hottest rookie quarterback we've seen in a long period of time. And this was supposed to be step one rebuild. Hell, they're going to be in the playoffs. Go think about that. (laughs) It's wild. Lee, hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I know being the workhorse that you are, even – on a traditional holiday, there's probably some great stuff for people on the social channels, the YouTube, and, of course, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. Well, we have this big website that we've had for a long time. It's blowing up. It's done very well. So if you like sports content, check it every day. It's all written. You give me five minutes, I'll give you everything there is in the world of sports. I know we started this podcast, and it's your fault for introducing me to the podcast world. I moved into the 21st century, and that's coming from somebody, Hustler, that still has a Royal Manual typewriter on a back shelf of his garage. Think about that. I can't get anybody to fix it. I can't find ribbons for my manual typewriter. 
But uh, we do a podcast, and actually we're posting our special Friday one today at 3 o'clock West Coast time. So check that out. Subscribe like with you guys. You'll get all kinds of content on a, a day-in, day-out basis. I got one question for you. What's that bling you're wearing around your neck? What is This that is the bling today, Lee. Uh, our head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus, had been away. His wife had a seizure. He'd been gone for the last 13 games. He's returned to the team today, and one of our listeners last year made this Bones chain for me, so I figured we would welcome Bones back in a special WST way. So uh, Bones is back, and I, I, I threw the chain on for today's show to get into the weekend. Well, I credit you for doing that and for the fans doing that. You know, we work really hard, you and I and all the guys in the media, and we cover these things, and we cover the teams that do well and the players that – fall off the, the radar and have problems and injuries and all that. But we forget there's a human side and human element uh, to the people who are playing for the Jets or the Blue Bombers or the Chargers or the Padres or whatever it is. So we, you know, salute you for standing up on behalf of the guy and, and praying for his wife and the, and the battle back. So good to you. But that being said, I just want you to know that I'm representing and I'm better dressed than you you get booed out of the chat today, Lee, uh, Lee dropping a Leafs hoodie on us. We're the Jets one next time. You stay ingratiated to all of your fans here north of the border. Uh, have a great sports weekend, pal. And, uh, hey, just quickly, I, I meant to ask you about this. We just got about a minute. But uh, Ohio State, Michigan, what's the, Har- what's the oh. Harbaugh situation and how insane is that going to be tomorrow? I'll tell you what, and, and, you know, I came from the Midwest. I've worked in Cleveland, and I covered Ohio State and Michigan, and I've been in the horseshoe, and I've been in the big house, 106,000 fans going crazy. And I dealt with Woody and Bo and the history and the legacy of this rivalry. It's the 119th game that they're going to play. At the end of the day, Ohio State's sophomore quarterback, Kyle McCord's done very well. Marvin Harrison will be a finalist for my Heisman Trophy ballot. At the end of the day, Michigan's quarterback, Michigan's running game, and Michigan's bleeping defense is given up. Get this stat: 234 yards a game. Michigan's defense, 234. So this, this is going to be a great game. And sadly, somebody's probably going to get knocked out of the college football playoff poll, the, the loser of this game. But Michigan, Ohio State, God, there is so much history that goes back to 1890 when the sucker started. And then, and then what Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes did to each other during the 11 years of that fierce robbery cell. So, it's cool. It's it's one of the unique events in America. That's why they just call it the game. That is tomorrow. Lee, have a great one. Thanks for doing this as always. Hi, pal. Talk to you again. Thanks. Be well, Andrew. Great stuff. There is the man himself, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Great. Uh, listen, great turnout today with everyone. I know people are fired up for this game tonight. The weekend, Bones coming back. Of course, Friday, Marbles and Hacksaw. Um, if you haven't already... Geez, we're already at 205 likes. That is great. Well, thumbs up for Bones. Thumbs up for the weekend. Thumbs up for this run the Jets are on right now. Um, so hit that thumbs up if you haven't already. And uh, I should remind you, folks, we're now at 10.2K. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, make sure to hit that red subs- uh, the uh, subscribe button. It's completely free. It'll just have the latest Winnipeg Sports Talk content up in your YouTube feed when you jump on. And... Uh, Obviously, as we keep on trying to grow the channel, a big help to us, and you do have to be subscribed to be a winner of the elusive Marbles hoodie for the winner of the Marble Race coming up. Um, But listen, we appreciate the patience. I know a lot of people were wondering 
just more details on our holiday party that we're putting on with our friends at Little Brown Jug and Boston Pizza on December 6th. We now have the link. It is ready to go. Tickets are available. Please jump on those and grab those now because we will have a limited amount of room. Excuse me, but we also are putting every cent of this to those in need at the holidays and raising money for the Christmas cheer board. So in one way, it reserves a spot. Um, the, I believe it's eleven ninety eight is what the uh, what the price is on the uh, Eventbrite. We'll be putting every cent to the Christmas cheer board through the ticket sales. Little Brown Jug is going to give us an awesome prize of some beer and merchandise. We'll do a fun raffle there with some tickets that night. And uh, we'll be able to have a few cold ones, delicious Little Brown Jug beers. And our great friends, Andrew and the gang at Boston Pizza, are going to be firing over a bunch of pizzas for everyone um, that people can enjoy that'll be part of it as well. So December 6th, the link is up right now. Remo, throw that up in the chat if you haven't already. And uh, get on that. Mark it down December 6th and join us for what should be a, a heck of a fun night, Reem. I'm, I can't wait. We'll work on some other things to do. I'm hoping that we will also be able to maybe get a little Czechs bubble hockey tourney because they do have one. But uh, going to be a great chance just to see everyone at the holidays and raise some money for a great cause going into uh, the Christmas season. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped for this. Another get-together. Finally, uh, we have the link. I put it in the chat. It is pinned. If you want to get tickets right away, I'll put it in the description of this video. And for podcast listeners, it will be at the top of winnipegsportstalk.com. And it is Black Friday. If anyone wanted to you know, get some uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, merchandise, uh, winnipegsportstalk.com, click store at the top, promo code Black Friday, and I maybe write a note in there or something that uh, bring it to the Bring it to this event, so it should be fun. Yeah, they got the bubble hockey. You'll have some uh, and there's pizza there. It says uh, some little brown jugs. Good people. Uh, I'm excited. So nice to uh, nice to have some Phyllis. I think Phyllis might be the first one already yes, that she got Phyllis, hers right on. And I shout out to Danimal who's in the chat house. Danimal, the maker of the bones chain. Oh, you know what I sent? I sent Danimal a DM saying, "Danimal, return of bones. Brought the chain out today." For some good vibes. Appreciate that. Well, I hope to see Danimal um, and everyone. And particularly, you know, I know we get to know the YouTube chatters very well. And we just kind of have a big community. But all you podcast listeners that maybe don't get in on the chat, this is a perfect, perfect opportunity to come out for a great cause, great time of year, hang out with the crew, meet some new people. We've had so much fun doing the sports trivia nights at Little Brown Jug in the past um, we will be doing a watch party for a jet game at Boston Pizza in the new year. Um, but our friends at BP are going to be donating, bringing a bunch of pies over. Um, so while we've had such great support of the Movember movement, um, this is a little different, a little party that we were going to do anyways. And we figured, what the heck, if we're going to do it, great support from Little Brown Jug and Boston Pizza. Let's help those in need at the holidays. So uh, December 6th, let's make it happen. There is limited uh, space. So uh, get your tickets now, and we will look forward to seeing you then. Uh, 7 p.m. Little Brown Jug will probably go till 9.30 or 10 or so um, that night. 
And again, the ticket, every cent is going to the Christmas cheer board. Uh, just a little way that uh, we can all come together, uh, be appreciative of everything that we have and help those in need at the holiday season. And hey, the weekend is here. Might want to pop a little brown jug maybe on the uh, weekend or your local beer store and get Winnipeg's favorite local beer. And then come next week, big games Tuesday and Thursday. Don't forget, little brown jug, Winnipeg's finest, available now at Canada Life Center. Craft Beer Corner, Section 126, where the old Moxies was in the lower bowl, and up in Section 310, just down from our section on Thursday and 316. So we know there'll be a few generics and uh, 1919s getting cracked in the WST section for the game on the weekend. Oh, and cannot forget, about Nick and Nikki DQ, sponsors and supporters of ours since day one with three DQs, the DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, the DQ in Niverville, and of course the new Pita Pit in Niverville. Nick, always being a great supporter, knew that we were doing this. And uh, in addition to the pizza from Boston Pizza, we'll also have some delicious DQ ice cream treats that uh, Nick will have for us for the event on December 6th. So uh, thanks to Nick and Nikki DQ. If you've got any DQ ice cream needs, maybe you need a DQ ice cream cake for your holiday celebrations or just an event, hit them up at, uh, on Insta at DQ Niverville as well if you want to get that custom made. So pizza, beer, DQ, the WST crew, good times, Christmas cheer board. <laughs> I can't wait. So hopefully we'll see you, uh, we'll see you all then. Um, all right, Reem. We are going to get to this marble race right away. And again, we'll give people another couple minutes if they just popped in late to uh, to register. Exclamation mark marbles. Um, Got to thank Larry Eloy, who uh, just popped in. Hey, I can't attend the Christmas party, but here's my contribution to the cheer board. Larry, great stuff. Thank you very much for doing that. We'll make sure we get that in. Um, but um, we did have a little bit more from the Jets that I wanted to get to. Um, just before we sort of finish up official business for today um, and uh, get to the marbles. Um, let's do number three, a bit of an injury update from Bones. I mean, obviously, we started the show finding out how Judy was doing, how he was doing, everything that happened while he's been gone. But Bones is back. There's a game tonight. He was asked what's up with Brendan Dillon, and uh, oh, couldn't help but notice Gabe Velarde out in a full contact jersey today as well. Just a quick thought. Brendan Dillon, is he available to, for you tonight? Or it will be a game time decision. Okay. He's just dealing with something? Yeah, well, big. minor body, lower body. Okay. LBI. Okay, very <laughs> fair. Uh, Gabriel Velarde, I uh, like went on contact, but he won't practice. But is it unlikely that he will play Sunday? Uh, I, I would not rule that out. We'll see how he does today. But I know they've been working very hard, and uh, he's responded well. So we got him out of the injured jersey. Now he's on contact. So, well, it's unfortunate we don't practice tomorrow because of the late arrival in Nashville tonight. But, um, yeah, we'll see how he is on Sunday. Pretty encouraged by him getting up to speed, though? Yeah, again, again the coaches gave me daily updates on all the injuries and the guys that were playing hurt and guys like like Polarity. Uh, so I'm up to speed on them, and it's, it's, I love seeing them out there skating with their players because he wasn't here last time I was around. <laughs> all right, there's Bones on uh, the uh, Brendan Dillon's status for tonight and the potential looming return of Gabriel Velarde. Won't that be great to see him back in the lineup? Now, something that we'd been talking about, or I in particular had been talking about this week, you know, just the schedule, the amount of time between games, 
and the uh, the hope to really get Connor Hellebuck on a heater. Um, and he certainly looked great in the end of the Buffalo game, was awesome in Tampa. I'd speculate that if he has another real strong game tonight, I personally would have no issue keeping him rolling against Nashville and then for Dallas and Edmonton next week. Let's see what the coach had to say. Ken asked if Sunday would be a good day to start Loren Brassois. Would Loren Brassois be an option for Sunday? And sorry, Bobby, would Brassois be an option to play Sunday? Or? Option. Yeah. A good option? Yeah, good option. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Bones not giving anything away to, uh, to, uh, to Ken. He would be an option. He would be a good option. I guess he should always be a good option. you got to have confidence in your backup. Whether we'll see him or not will be uh, will be interesting. But I would have – listen, I'm sure they had a bit of a plan as to when they were going to play the goaltenders. But as I said, if we can start getting some vintage Hellebuck right now, you know that he'd like to maybe keep that going. So that'll be something we'll pay attention to through the weekend. Um, Bones talked about uh, the opponents tonight, the Panthers, and the lineup that his team will be facing in his return to the bench. Well, they're playing really well. They, they are, and they lost to Boston. Boston came in here and had to play a great game, and Boston's only won, lost one game in regulation, so it tells you how well they're playing. But Florida's playing a very hard-nosed game, and, and with those guys in the in the lineup now, they are a far better hockey club. Um, so a uh, ton of respect for the way they played, ton of respect for uh, the way they're coached and the uh, and the, the depth of their team. So this will be a this will be a great challenge for us. And uh, but again, they're playing. Boston had to put the a game on the ice to come out of here and uh, and win that game, and we're going to have to do the same. All right, Brick Bonus, and uh, one more from Bones. Um, Baldy's been away. This team's been winning a lot of hockey games. They're tied for second with the Colorado Avalanche in the Central Division, just two points back of the Dallas Stars. Here's Bones on uh, where he finds his club as he returns to the bench at U.S. Thanksgiving. I don't get beat up on those things. I just worry about tonight and Sunday, and we work with that. So, those things sometimes, you know, people you get these these theories. Right? <laughs> There's no theory that's 100%. So, I, you don't feel comfortable. You don't feel uncomfortable. We are where we are. We have to keep pushing. Big picture, how do you feel about where your group is at through as you get close to the quarter point on Sunday here? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things that have slipped a little bit, so we're going to have to. And we, I saw some of that stuff in the Tampa game, and the, even the Arizona game, and the Buffalo game. So we find ways to win, and that's what we're doing right now. And we, we're just we'll just tweak it a little bit and get on top of these guys a little bit about a couple of things. But listen, again, the staff did a great job. The players are playing their hearts out, and that's all you can ask. The little things that are going to come up during the course of a game and a regular season they're going to come up and when you see them you address them all right the boss is back welcome back rick bonus bones on the bench tonight there is your head coach returning today uh kind of very emotional at the beginning talking about what his wife had been through and how they're handling that and uh now all smiles looking to get back to work tonight with the winnipeg jets against the florida panthers again eight o'clock start in florida so seven o'clock puck drop in winnipeg perfect time to get into the weekend um all right reem um you know we uh, we did the I, i'm just going to put this out uh, out right now this is kind of a reset of a why not question of the day earlier this week but um you know based on what we heard you know ken's question and our conversation this week now we've seen the way hellebuck played in tampa if he has another monster game tonight why not question of the day for not autocorp at waverly mcgillivray who do you start on sunday hellebuck or LB, considering that it's Dallas and Edmonton to start the week off Tuesday and Thursday 
back at home for Winnipeg, let us know in the chat. All right, Remo, it's pretty much marbles time. You, do we want to do a quick uh, Movember update with the stashes before we uh, we yeah. uh, drop them? Yeah, we do. And the donations keep coming in. Uh, I saw Jennifer Berthelet in chat. She uh, gave us Property a Property Jen, right on. Thanks, very, Jen. Very nice donation. So our team, the Winnipeg Sports Talk team, link in the description on our website. To, uh, let me see. We're at officially, where is Wow, 3,051. Nice. So that's that's really impressive. And shout out to all our Mo members, like Chris Nielsen, Gray's 620, Leighton Janice, 425, uh, Stephen Ostash, 275, One Bird, 226, Ray, 100, uh, Mikey Lindbergh, 100, Logan, 50, David Asplund, uh, nice 30 in there. So uh, donations are coming in, and you want to see the well, updates? Well, and those are individual, but I mean, those guys need to take credit for uh, all of it right now because yes. we are doing this as a team, and uh, we really appreciate them doing it. Yeah, let's quickly see a few of these stashes before we get into the marbles. All right, here's Steven. This is his uh, right here. Nice. Coming in nice. Oh, that is, that's a that's a pro stash right there, Steven. He's done this before. Looking yeah. good, Steven. I, yeah, he's done this one. All right, we got Ray... This Ray's coming in with the Jets flag behind him. I last, love it. Ray had, Ray had, had full bomber uh, regalia in the last little bit. We've yeah. now moved on from the Grey Cup. Got the Jets <laughs> logo in the back. I, I feel you, Ray. And uh, the stash is looking great. Ray, yeah, hope to see you on the December 6th for the uh, holiday party. Yeah, last week everyone had bomber uh, with their mustaches. I think we've Derek Schmidt's coming up. He's got a Jets one, too. Oh, yeah, here he is. There's Derek. He's got a nice Hellbuck poster. Some other Jets uh, calendar stuff behind him. But Derek's Derek. got some good mo good momentum going on right now. Uh, Derek was uh, one of the qualifiers for the uh, Linden jersey giveaway, which we'll be doing on November 30th. Again, get to winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest to get your name in that. We'll pull a bunch more marbles, uh, well, much more names for marbles next week. And as I promised, second and third place today in the marble race will get you in for the, uh, for the Linden jersey marble race on the 30th. Oh, yeah, and then we'll keep going down the list. Oh, there's one bird. He just shaved. Oh, yeah. He's got the little, uh, what do you call it? Soul under. patch. Yeah, Rocking the soul patch as well. There you go. There's his, and we're looking forward to seeing him uh, November 30 at the Jets-Oilers yes. game. One bird got the, got the pack from us. And who else we got here? Oh, there's uh, Derek Honer and his daughter, Sadie. She's got a <laughs> holding up a mustache. Great pick, great pick. So he's got his, oh, he's wearing a Sean's headband t-shirt in honor of Sean's <laughs> appearance on the show today. Um, T-Well says, can I read this? It's looking like the auditions for the best looking porno ever. <laughs> we don't know what these guys are doing in their off hours. Just they're yeah. supporting the cause right now with WST yeah. and Movember now over 3K. Ju Julian, I think Julian's going to be shaving the beard into a mustache. I think that's his yes. plan. Oh, he's at the end and he will he's going to have like a full selic. In fact, you could go yeah. straight handlebars. There's there's a lot that Julian's going to be able to do mm -hmm. uh with that when we get it done. And if you want to get a full shave, Modern Man can help you with that we got a, at the end of the month. We got a big team here. Uh there's David Asplin. Looking he's, good, Dave. This is coming in. Uh, they're, they're looking good. So change up from the, I didn't get a bomber gear last week. He's in the work gear. Uh, grinding. 
grinding. And this last one, Mikey Lindbergh. His is coming in real nice oh, yeah. upper lip. There's Mike. Shout out to Mikey. Uh, so those are uh, those are our Movember guys. So check out our our team. Way to uh, go, team. Well done. Way to go. And look at that. Over $3,000 right now for Movember. We're going to see if we can push to get four grand by the uh, by the end of November. Of course, that is November 30th. That, I guess, would be next Thursday. So we've got yeah. six more days left. So, uh, again, but it's just been an amazing, amazing response from everyone. Thanks to uh, everyone that's uh, growing the mows or walking the miles. And a special thank you to everyone that has donated. All right. You know what time it is, Remus? It is Marbles time. We went a little long, so uh, mm -hmm. let's get to it. We started off with Tristan Rivers music and then uh, another marble race. Yeah, let me just uh, let me just pull the music. I'm just enjoying all the all the comments about the mustaches in here. Okay, <laughs> uh, there's only we didn't have this one last week. I'll do it. I'll do it this week. Uh, here's this week's uh, Marble Song. It's Friday. Another week of work gone by. You deserve to treat yourself. Maybe an ice cream cake or a bottle of rye. Oh, no. Right, the Green Day version from Tristan Rivers' music. Great stuff. Remo, you get the uh, marbles ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to give a shout-out to a couple people in chat. And, yes, um, where was it? I think it was Kevin Kowalik. If we get to 4,000 for November suit show, 100%, and I know we've talked about that before and have been less than good at following through. <laughs> yes. Not only, not only will we do it, but we'll, we'll do, it. do it next Friday. On December 1st, like the very next day. So that is our commitment to you all, folks. And um, to be honest, we should probably do it anyways, just because we've uh, kind of already exceeded our goals. But um, tell you what, this has been a great, great month. We've uh, loved doing it with uh, all of our team. Phyllis is crushing the KMs, too. She started late, and now I think she said she's at 38 of 60. So it's all good. And... Uh, yeah, Roscoe, you just got in there at the end. Nicely done. I saw Ross yesterday. But, Remo, you know I was saying that um, Bozeman and Ross have their head-to-head -head matchup where they bet every week on who does better? Yes. So Ross had to see Shorn get the presentation of the of the uh, of the hoodie yesterday. But for, for the year, they are 19 and 18 head-to-head -head for the entire season. <laughs> Oh, they actually keep track. Oh, good for good for them. Oh, That's crazy. they've got the full. They've got the full. Uh, it is it is all logged and recorded throughout the year. So, um, any of you chatters, maybe for twenty twenty four, you can uh, go a year long wager to see who does better, and you can compare. Another fun way to uh, have a little fun with the uh, with the marbles. But um, let's do it. Um, it's uh, just about marbles time. Where are we uh, where are we going today, and uh, how many marbles do we have in? 
Oh, hey, DMART says Sucho equals empty promise hotline. Come on, DMART. We're, what are you talking about, man? Listen, DMART, DMART, it's on, on, on Friday, December 1st. Let's just, uh, we just want to keep the incentives to do what we can to uh, raise money during Men's Health Month. Um, we've come through on just about everything. Hey, we've never missed a show, most importantly. Yeah. That's one thing I think we can say, moving on three years of this, day in and day out, even when I probably for sure had COVID coming back from the Grey <laughs> Cup, still battled through. There's been no sick days, so uh, you know, cut us a little bit of slack. But as I said, Friday suit show, if we can get there. And as I said, we, we definitely owe you guys one anyways. Um, listen, we got to add a Bones uh, and Judy Bones. Judy Bones and just Bones getting marbles today. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? I also want to give a marble to Nemetsnikov because it's in all likelihood that this weekend he could be getting pushed down to the fourth line. The guy's been unreal. He's on a five-game point streak, made the play to get it to Pionk to set up the OT winner against Adam Lowry. So a big bad Vlad is getting one, is getting one for sure. I also threw in uh, Frankie Corrado for his appearance earlier. Damn Earlier straight. in the week. He was Damn excellent. straight. Check it oh, out. Oh, and huh? hey, Patrolman Pete, I love it. Bison basketball this weekend. Go herd. I got, you listen, si Simon Hildebrandt, one of our favorite players from the Sea Bears. Eddie Tate's son, Wyatt, playing great. My boy Kirby Shep, the head coach. We'll, maybe we'll do something on the Bison team next week. We'll get Kirby on. I always love talking hoops with Kirb. Um, and maybe Simon at one point. How the school year is doing after his first year playing a little pro hoops downtown for the sea bears uh all right what uh what track are we doing today i just tested one out actually before this let me get i gotta close all my tabs i yes, have this close the tabs i just want to say for all the oilers uh, haters in here i think it's just about everyone they are winning four nothing against washington out shooting them 24 7 five minutes into the second so the oilers are back they're back us things are, are going oilers good are there back excuse me <laughs> Four nothing. Yeah, okay, in the lock shop today, the Oilers were a minus one forty favorite in that game. I know I couldn't Washington it. was coming into this game eight one and one. They'd won five in a row. I'm like, what? okay, am I missing something here? Why is Washington a home underdog to a team that has been one of the worst in the league so far? But I'll tell you who's fired up right now. The boys on Edmonton Sports Talk. They were doing a little watch along today. And I think they had, oh, my God, Dusty's Dusty's parlay might already be in if McDavid has a couple points. Where's McDavid? Yep, I think they've already got it. They had a dry sidle goal, two points for McDavid, one point for Bouchard, and the Oilers to win. So um, unless they somehow blow it, and again, there's 35 minutes left in the game, um, they are going to be, uh, well, there'll be a lot of happy ESTers and lock shoppers with Kubet. Oh, you know what? It doesn't matter if your offense is that bad. A little pick six can always help spice things up. Jets pick six. 10-7 now Dolphins. And they uh, did they get the did they get the No, they missed the uh, they missed the extra point. So it's just 10-6 right now. 58 seconds left in the uh, in the second quarter. All right, let's do this marble race, bro. Yeah, people get mad uh when when we don't get to it quick enough. 
well, it's three twenty now. This is this is quite late, but hey, you know it, it happens. We're, we're hanging out on a Friday, heading into the weekend. I but like to have fun business. here. Get to hang out, us. Come on, I know, but people want to listen to the podcast too. We kind of lose sight of that. that oh yeah, there's a lot of people that you know are like, hey, are you uploaded this yet? They want to listen. That's great. Um, so hey, uh, hoodie for the winner today. If you're in second or third. Send us an email afterwards. We'll recognize you, but we're going to need your email and your contact info because you're going to be getting second and third place, get a marble in the November 30th marble race for that beautiful Trevor Linden autographed jersey with the Certificate of Authenticity and the Prairie Naturals Supplement Package. Okay, this is the race that I selected. It's called Classy Sky Shenanigans. Love it. We haven't seen this one yet. Another new track. Classy Sky Shenanigans. Look at all of these marbles. Frankie Corrado's in. Bones. Judy Bones. Vlad. Everyone else that's gone in. This looks like a great start. Without further ado, we kept you waiting long enough. Let's drop the marbles on a Friday here on WST. They're off. Ever seen one like that before? The uh, the funnel with a wave to get everyone down sooner. They didn't go all around. This one's a bit, a bit different. The long one. Beautiful. We love long ones. Everyone does. Tracy Ukraniak with the nice start. There's Gilbert Marion, Steiner. Two different spots. You can go on the right or you can go on the left. Ooh, the loop-de-loop. Kind of like the old uh, roller coasters back at Bush Gardens in the day. Saw Mary Jane looking uh, like she was in a good spot there for a little bit. Judy Bones. Judy Bones right in the mix right now. That would be incredible if Judy Bones won today. Tell you what, if Judy Bones wins, we'll give Judy a hoodie. We will give second place a hoodie. And we'll give third and fourth place a spot in the marble race on the 30th for the Linden jersey. All right, Judy Bones is right in the mix here. Judy Bones is in first place right now, although she just got bounced by the, not out, not thrown over the top rope, but I think that dalliance of Judy in first place took a big, big hit. Oh, we're starting. Oh, Vlad Nemetsnikov just got thrown over the top rope. Tough one for, uh, for Vlad. It's coming right down. We're up. Well, I guess we're not quite at the finish yet. Great track today. This is a great track. Lots of, uh, oh, man. Look at how many marbles are getting thrown over the top rope. Looney 4 is in first. Royal Sports Team Sales. Oh, Bailey. Bailey in the mix right now. The official intern. Look at this. Looney in first place right now. Royal Sports Team Sales. Royal Royal is in first right now. Could it be? What do we have here? This is a while. I've never seen anything like this before. Whoever drops in? Yeah, whoever drops in wins. This is a weird contraption. This is the new contraption, which we've never seen before. 
Who will drop first? Royal Sports Team Sales. Somebody back at the Royal office is hooked up today. Billy, is that Gallant? Yes. And how about, so Billy Gallant and Bailey, the official intern, are getting the marbles for the November 30th race. Lori, love and life. Looney four, great run. Doug Henderson, Norm Gradecki, one of our Movember teammates, Derek Honer doing it. Sarah May and David Croker are top 10. Uh, an unbelievable number of marbles that ended up not making it to the end, though, Reem. T-Will says total um, bloodbath. It yeah. was. Wow. Well, only 12 <laughs> marbles finished the race. Only 12 finished. What the? I didn't even notice them all going. There were a couple jumps in there, I think. Uh, maybe a couple, like, spaces where you could just fall. That's I've never seen. 12 out of 232 finished. I've never seen that. You know what? That That's one's wild. tough for that one is really tough for head to head. Uh like I mean, I guess it'll be a push for uh for Shorn yeah. and, uh, and Ross. That'll be one of those dates where both but it was a very interesting uh, race. And only twelve marbles ended up making it. Royal Sports Team Sales gets the win. Shout Crazy. out to uh, Gregor who's ever at the controls over there. And then Billy Gallant sent us an email at Winnipeg Sports Talk at gmail.com just with your email and your phone number so we can hook you up if you win the uh, the race and then same thing with you bailey congratulations november 30th mark it down that special marble race for the linen jersey and the prairie Naturals supplements uh, special congrats to 12 marbles that actually made it through till the end what a uh, race that was well that's gonna do it for us we've got uh Got a second half of an NFL game to watch, a bunch of NHL action right now. And then tonight, 7 o'clock, Jets and Panthers and a Sunday nighter in Nashville against the Preds. Potential return of Gabriel Velarde, as we heard today from the returning Rick Bonus. This has been a real fun show today, everyone. Thanks again for uh, joining us today. Um, we will look forward to seeing you on Monday with a big show, 1 p.m. right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit that thumbs up. Wow, just about a 250 likes. Got to love that today. But there's 346. I'd love it if we could get to 300. And, um, yeah, listen, it's uh, hopefully uh, we can have the good vibes rolling right into Monday going into the homestand with the games on Tuesday and then our next WST night, Oilers in town on Thursday. Hopefully they get all of their, all their goals out right now against the Washington Capitals uh, before we go to the game on Thursday night. Um, thank you to Sean Reynolds. Thank you to Mike McIntyre, the legendary Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, and all of you for making us a part of your day. we got to bust out of here to get the podcast up, but we will see you Monday. Have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for hanging with us today and all week on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Oh! 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 Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.